Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. However. Wherever. Whenever. You're listening to the Real Fair Wisconsin Show. Episode 98. Coming at you from the Meaning Your True Value and Reward Gallery Studio in Pierre, Wisconsin. I'm host producer Eric Fisher. You've already heard the voices of my other two co-hosts for the week. Two dead ahead of me. We've got Sean Klosterman, the member of the Highway 22 crew. Sean, how are you doing this week, buddy? Doing good. How are you? Fantastic. And to my left, member of the Toxic Table. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have one of those. We all we all are at the same table. We've got Secretary Shauna. Secretary Shauna, how are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I already answered that. I know you did. Dumb question. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm kidding. Oh, that was rude. <laughs> that was harsh. 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 Rude. We're starting off on a bad foot. <laughs> As mentioned, this is episode 98 of the Root for Wisconsin show. As always, it is brought to you in part by our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight and Raise Energy. Repsports.com, code ROOT, 4-R-O-T, number 4, 15% off any order at Raise Energy. And also, Monkey Knife Fight, play along with the contest. Yesterday would have been a good one. If you pick, you know, Christian Watson's become a usual suspect. Aaron Jones is becoming a usual suspect. AJ Dillon came out of nowhere. Uh, can't pick Jalen Hurts, but Kenneth Gainwell would have been a good pick. AJ Brown's a good pick. Miles, Miles Sanders. Yeah, everyone who scored was supposed to. So you pick three of those guys and put some money in your pocket. With that in mind, we also got to talk about our friends over at Raging Pro Wrestling, RPW, Heat, no, Heat Wave was this summer, Destiny 2, coming up December 10th at the Watering Hole in Green Bay. Be sure to check it out. Tickets are still available, but they're going fast. We talked to Rich today, I believe. Only 50 tickets are left uh, as part of the deal to get him to wear a Packers shirt. Uh, he's a diehard Lions fan, so he has 50 tickets to sell, and he will show up in a Packers shirt. And that probably will be brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics over 300-plus powered stores. Check them out. Whether your team's on top of the world, like the Philadelphia Eagles right now, or you're kind of in the bottom and a little bit in the dumps like the Green Bay Packers, still show your love for your team. Fanatics.com, 300-plus powered stores. Check the link in my bio. Potential savings opportunities there. With that, we start off what we had rooted for, brought to you by Fanatics. And let's see, who's the most unprepared right now? I'll let Sean go first. Sean is doing some writing, getting ready for later in the show. So, Sean, why don't you go first? What did you root for in the last week? What's been positive? What do you got going on? Just Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was fun this this last week, and lots of good food, lots of family time, and also Carolyn's birthday, which was very fun. We went to her parents, went to the craft show with you guys. That was a blast. The yeah. craft memorabilia collector con. Uh, their collector. Yeah, collector, collector or Bilia or whatever, Con, whatever the heck, whatever the heck they called it. Uh, awesome, uh, huge show at the Rush Expo in Green Bay. Uh, I did not go to it last year. You did. Yep. Bigger this year, you said. Yes, a lot, lot more people this year. So, awesome event in Green Bay held around the Thanksgiving weekend. So be sure to check that out. Hopefully next year I'll be back. Can't imagine that it won't be. Could have met. Who was the Packer? Kendrick Taylor. Yeah, the, Kendrick the, Taylor. The first person Brett Favre ever threw a uh, touchdown pass with as a member of the Green Bay Packers. Right. That's what it was. So Kendrick Taylor was there signing autographs. Mon Green was supposed to be there. There was um, some other. The Shazam guy. Yes. From the TV show. I can't think of what his name is. Yeah, I can't either. But there not, was. Not the new one, the old one. The car was there too. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Um, and then 
the craft show on the other end where there was Christmas up the wazoo and all the other crafts kind of stuff that you could think of. So, yeah, good route for Sean. Sean, what do you got? Uh, last week, I... Oh, sorry. Whoops. <laughs> last week, I uh, rooted for just having off. It was great to have some time off, rejuvenate before our last run of school before Christmas. I had off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which was very nice. Very hard to get up this morning, though. But rooted for having some time off, time with family, friends, uh, the whole gambit. It was good. Good stuff. Very nice. Very wholesome. Thanks. The whole gambit. Oh, gambit. <laughs> Friends, um, family, food. Football. It was all good. I'm going to go with a sports route here, just because we don't talk about them enough. But the Green Bay Phoenix women's team uh, went down to the South Pete or St. Pete's Showcase, uh, took Florida, the Florida Gators SEC opponent, to the wire, knocked off a very good mid-major in Northeastern, Always a glad to be part of uh, Phoenix basketball and and my work for the fan. Uh, it was a long day on Friday for me at the radio station uh, for a day off, you know, day off of the, the main job, uh, spending like seven hours at the radio station between basketball and hosting a couple shows over on that end. Wouldn't trade it for the world. Love doing it. But a long Friday. I have another route for. What do you got? Eric hosted his first radio show all by himself. I did. Woohoo! Yeah, it was it was a trip. Like talking to yourself. I'm so glad you guys are here. I talking to yourself for an hour is hard. <laughs> it was funny because as I was telling my parents that at breakfast, my dad said he has to talk to himself for an hour. I said, "Yeah." My dad goes, oh, "I think he can do that. There, he won't have a problem." If anybody can do it, it's Eric. It's Eric. Yeah. It's harder than you think because you guys set yourself up for other audio clips and you got to set yourself up for your next talking point. You can't just ramble on like an idiot. Or, well, I mean, you could. You're not supposed to, though. <laughs> You're not supposed to. So trying to do good with that. Um, I'm going to take a, a route four from your book, Sean, because I want you to talk about this. You went to the Polar Express on yes, Friday. Yes, it was so fun. It was 25 bucks. Okay, so you have to buy this like almost six months in advance because they sell out so quickly. But it at is the, at the National Railroad Museum in Green Bay. Yes, it is so worth the experience. Like if you have little kids, take them like without hesitation. Um. Anyway, so you go into the Railroad Museum and you, you go to the like. I don't know if anybody's familiar with the railroad museum, but you go to like the back where they have like all the old trains stored that you can kind of tour. They have this Christmas tree lane. It's all Christmas. They have like characters from the movie, people dressed up as characters from the movie. They read you um, the story. You get hot chocolate and a cookie as you're sitting there. Um, and then you go on the train and it takes you around three times. And like all of the stuff that happens in the book, like the wolves, um, <clears throat> like running past the train or you go across the ice or the flat top tunnel, like they make that experience for you. Um, really nice. And then Santa comes on your train and actually my nephew got the first gift of Christmas. He got the bell and all night he was like, no, no, I'm like the boy in the book. So just super exciting. And then you get to go and sit with Santa and whatever, but, uh, super exciting experience and totally worth the money. Like I would go back every year. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Glad you had fun with that. And again, another highlight of Wisconsin that, you know, probably gets really not talked about enough. I mean, the National Railroad Museum doesn't like pop off the page for anybody. I mean, we went with with your nephew uh, two summers ago now. Yeah. 
and I mean, it was a blast. I mean, I'm not like the huge trains kind of guy, but it was still so much fun. And they do so many cool things throughout the year. Like they have the Polar Express thing come Christmas time. I think every year they also have like the actual Thomas trains come in every year yep. too. Yep. So all the trains from Thomas the Train and all that, and, and so many other events. I mean, it's it's a really cool. I, that's also where they host Terror on the Fox. If you're into that, and they have like the train ride through that too. But it was um, funny because the the car we were in, um, I had never I've been on Terror on the Fox one time, and the car we were in was actually the car like the double decker car where the scary people sit up at the top and then they jump down from the things. I was like thinking about, I'm like, no, <laughs> I just, no, thank you. Not a terror on the Fox person. Oh, I'm not a haunted house person. No, neither. Me either. No, me neither. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, they always have stuff. It is through the FAA, um, and the travel that, yeah, the FAA, that's the travel, like what, Flying Isn't that Federal Airline Association? Yeah. TSA is what I'm no, thinking. No. Train Station no, Association? T- no, it's a travel. It's Yeah, it's like TSA. Okay. Isn't that but it's the, like the Federal... T- travel t- Security. Yeah. yeah. T- but I think it's you're... governed by the same thing. Oh, okay, whatever. Because remember, we went two summers ago with, with your nephew, and everywhere else didn't have masks on, but you had to wear masks there because it was under federal standards. Sure. All right. And they get all the, that's, yeah, it's a federal funded, really cool place. I don't know that TSA is yeah, the I right acronym. Yeah, I feel like acronym. TSA isn't the TSA right TSA is acronym. travel security. Because TSA is like what you're. What you, you go through. F- it might be the FAA then. No, I feel like it. I feel like it's got to be like train association. So. Maybe the TA. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a truck stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It, yeah. It's federally governed by some type of train acronym, probably. Unless Eric's just blowing yeah, smoke it, up our butts. It but. is, no, right here. Literally. I, so I'm on their website. The National Railroad Museum follows TSA and CDC guidelines regarding face masks. Boom. Boom. Yeah, but TSA is... Okay, whatever. What, yeah, what, I'm just telling we'll you what's it. what. We're not going to talk about face masks. I don't want to talk about. I'm just saying they're they're governed by that. Like it's a cool. Okay, noogies. <laughs> yeah, with the positives come the negatives. Tower here, noogie of the week. Uh, I'm gonna go first in this one. It's got to be the Dan Schneider, Washington Redskins, Washington Football Team, Washington Commanders, whatever you want to call them. Just an absolute abysmal showing this weekend. Not in the football field. They won on the football field. However, once again, they had the public eye on them and they dropped the ball again, this time with the Sean Taylor tribute. Uh, Sean Taylor, one of the greatest, potentially could have been the greatest of all time safety, one of, um, was killed 15 years ago yesterday. Uh, Somebody broke into his house, robbery gone wrong, shot him in the leg, and he died after a couple days in the hospital. And was on his way to a great career, had a great college career with the U, and... Just always stands out for our generation of like early football fan, a guy who probably couldn't play today because of like the like the hits that he just delivered. That guy played with pop and mm-hmm. gone way too soon. Um, but after 15 years, well, for, let's rewind for a second. 14 years was last year where they finally decided to retire his number, and Jackson Mahomes was dancing on the the circle, yeah. the 21 circle. So they did this guy dirty twice? They've done this guy dirty twice. I forgot about the Jackson Mahomes thing. So that was last year. Yeah, right. I remember that. And then this year, they decided they're going to, they announced they were going to do a statue in his memory. The statue ends up being 
a wire mannequin with his jersey and pads. I mean, like you see at the Packer Hall of Fame, like they show like the anatomy of a football uniform. But that's not a statue. That's not. That's not like a memorabilia thing. No, that's that's literally okay. Here's a jersey that is cleaned up, and the pants and the right. helmet, and the jersey. And the or, worst or part is, a, go ahead. Or it's an old school jersey that they have on display. I think it does say Redskins. Yeah, it is the old. I think it's one of his game oh, worns from okay. back yeah. then. But, but like you can see the wires like through his legs and stuff. Like it doesn't yeah, even look professionally done. Like, like a, a see-through mannequin would have been better. It right. looks like some kid like that was doing like a, a it looks like, a, like a project. Or no, it just like it looks like a kid was doing a project and like, hey. <laughs> I, hey, I think it looks like they hey, forgot. I got a, I got a, um, I got a rush. Like, oh, till, shit. That statue's yeah. supposed to be tomorrow. Uh, right. We don't have time to, to cast it in bronze or something. Oh, shit. Yeah. So once again, Washington football, Washington commanders, Washington Redskins, Dan Schneider, you are a useless bastard. <laughs> and drop the ball once again and drop the ball on Sean Taylor's legacy once again. Oof. Sean, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go Joe Thomas. What do you got on him? Remember, so he was one of the big guys given Jeff Saturday so many problems about taking the Indiana or the Colts job. Yes. Well, a video just surfaced that was actually on Pat McAfee's show of Joe Thomas when two years, I think it was two years ago. Before the Stefanski hiring. Yeah, before the Stefanski hiring that he would take the interim head coaching job for the Browns if he was offered it to him. Mm Mm-hmm. And now he's given Jeff Saturday so much crap and just stupidity. Uh, yeah. That's pretty much it. Why why make a big deal out of it when you were in that same in those same shoes? Yeah, you threw your hat in the ro- and you can say he was joking, like he actually went to done it, but you can't go that route with it two now, two years later. Right. Like that's it's just you have to kinda eat that and but again, you know, we talked about this, what, last week or two weeks ago when we had first talked about this as my nookie, um, talking about the element that the guy had 14 years in the pros. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's valuable experience. You don't have to go take some unpaid internship, which, granted, a lot of those guys can't afford to do, you know, once they're done playing, if they have right. a long enough career right. like that. But you shouldn't have to be an unpaid intern to, to get some sort of coaching gig. I mean... For what it's worth in baseball, I mean, Craig Council's done a pretty good job as a, as a manager. Um, I mean, he had like a front office type role, which is exactly what Jeff Saturday did too. Mm-hmm. Jeff Saturday had like an advisory role in the front office for a couple of years. And and that's a fine route. And the Indianapolis Colts, for what it's worth, have been pretty good since he took over. He's gotten a spark out of them. They've played well. Matt Ryan looks the part again for the first time in probably about Three four years, I would I would say all that. So, I, I yeah, just a bad look, and it continues just to get worse as more and more stuff you know calm people out comes out. So, great noogie, Shauna, what do you got? Black Friday, Black Friday gets my noogie this week because the prices were just terrible. Ew. Yeah, the prices were just terrible. Um, really, no good sales. Usually, Black Friday is my opportunity to get all of my Christmas shopping done, um, and I. Barely got anything done. Yeah, Black Friday, though. I I did not do any shopping this year. I usually don't, other than, like, a little bit on Amazon or anything like that. But the deal... I mean, the stuff that was on sale wasn't great. I mean, you look through the ads on 
Thursday yeah. night or Thursday afternoon, whatever, after eating, and nothing really stood out other than this awesome chair that I'm sitting in right now. This is very nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I totally agree with you. We we went shopping Saturday, I think we went, and there was there wasn't much. Yeah. I mean, usually usually Menards has a lot of stuff, tools and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in their aisles and everything, and they hardly had anything. Just a weird year for it. Um, anyway, so What's Weird Wisconsin, we are actually going to go back to Gillette for What's Weird Wisconsin this week. And this is a story that's been, uh, I'm trying to get the, the actual number on it. It's been shared numerous times. Um, I wish I, I want to see if I can find the original amount of shares that's been, times it's been shared. It's happened over the course of six days ago. It's been shared 484 times. Wow. Uh, 500 some reactions, a whole bunch of comments on it. So this comes from Jill at Wisconsin. And this is coming from the Facebook, which is a, it's a public post. So I'm gonna, I can say the name here. Uh, from Asher Lee. And it goes like this. I bet I'm the only person that can say they shot a buck while their emu friend distracted it. And I have one of the wildest hunting stories ever. I had to document it with photos and videos just so people would believe it. Long story, but have a read. And by the way, this is on our Facebook page. So if you want to go check it out, check out the photos, check out the videos. It's on the Roof of Wisconsin uh, Facebook page. Check it out. So it goes, opening morning, I was hunting in a stand about 100 yards from a high-fence deer farm, which my uncle owns. About 10 a.m., I looked towards the fence and saw something walking. Not uncommon for deer to walk to the fence line, inside and outside the fence, so I got the binoculars up to take a look. There's a lot of brush that way, but I was pretty sure I had what I saw had only had two legs. What the? But I've seen different stuff inside albino deer. Last year, I saw donkeys. The fence, so I thought maybe it must be inside and didn't really think much about it. Well, about five hours later, I heard something coming through the bush or brush and saw the body. The moment hunting is all about, you know, started getting excited, wondering if it's a buck, doe, a shooter. Then what the? I see a giant bird walking right at me. An emu? What in the world? Still thinking it was from the deer farm and maybe escaped or something. I text the farm manager. Nope. It began walking all around me. And must see way better than deer, or than deer because she looked right up, walked right under my stand, looked up at me. It ends up walking off, and I remain baffled by what I just saw. I mean, those hunts, those that hunt, know your eyes play a lot of tricks on you out there. But unless I drank a really skunky old bush light, I was pretty sure that was an emu. Luckily, I took pics to prove it wasn't crazy. That night, I showed the hunting group, and we got a good laugh, but wondered what in the world that it was all about. Well, we went to a local establishment that night, and we were telling the story and found out, sure enough, three emus had escaped a week and a half ago, a few miles from my stand. Next evening, I went to go hunt a different stand about 70 yards further into the woods, and as I was getting close, I saw a dark figure right under my stand. The emu again. I walked toward the stand, and the emu walked about 15 yards away and stood there looking at me. I normally put on an additional warm clothes under the stand uh, before climbing up, and the emu stood there 15 yards away, watching me the entire time. Well, I called the tree to hunt and figured, you do you, Lemu. And I had been given a phone number to contact if I saw the emu again, so I sent a text. The evening hunt went on, and all the while, the emu friend walked around my tree, looking up at me occasionally, looking around, helping me hunt, I guess. After a while, the emu laid down 10 yards from my tree, from my tree, curled up and took a nap. About 4 p.m., I saw a deer walking right toward me and old emu. <laughs> I thought, this is going to be interesting, and I actually wondered if having the emu was going to keep the deer away. Clearly not. 
As the deer got closer, I saw it was a six-point buck, little buck, non-shooter normally, and I saw this buck the day prior and passed him up. Well, little bucky was walking right in the right direction of the sleeping emu, and I was more excited to see how this was going to play out. As the buck got about 15 yards from the sleeping emu, she suddenly stood up and startled, but then I looked at the buck, who came to a quick halt with a look on his eyes or in his face like, what in the, that's the biggest damn turkey I've ever seen. I watched them moving their heads back and forth for about 10 minutes, examining the other, trying to figure out what in the heck they were. All the while, I'm 20 yards from the buck in the tree. Finally, the buck turns broadside, looking at Limu. At that moment, I thought, who else in the world could say they shot a buck while their emu friend ran a distraction for them? So I shot little Bucky. After I shot, I had a quick thought of, dang, I hope I didn't scare the bejesus out of the emu. Didn't really consider that till then. Well, nope, she moved about 10 feet, but was still standing right there. We gave each other a nice, uh, nice work nod. And I climbed down to continue my harvest. The buck had run about 50 yards and crashed into some brush, so I had to follow the trail a bit. After walking 30 yards or so, I turned around and the emu was tracking right along my 10 yards away. I got the deer out and got ready for the drag. All the while, the emu friend stood and watched. By the time this was dark and I dragged the buck out, I lost sight of the emu, although sure wish she would have helped me with that part. Once back in the shack, I told the story. No one else could tell and began communicating more with the emu owner. I assumed she was hungry after being out there so long, so I asked what I could feed her, as I assumed she'd be out there for my morning hunt as well. The plan then was that I would text the owner in the morning if she's still there, and they would get a person with a tranquilizer as they did recover the other two missing emu. Next morning, I went to the same tree, mostly to look for my emu friend. As it got light, I could not see her anymore. I was a bit bummed, and I was worried she was going to freeze to death. At 8.15 a.m., I saw something come right at me. The emu. She walked right up the side of the same tree. The ladder looked up at me. I texted the owner. We began working on a recovery plan. I left my pack under the tree and brought a few snacks for the emu. She must have figured that that was out. Or must have figured that out because she began picking at my pack and pulling it around. Sat until about 10 a.m. with the emu, never getting further than 15 yards from my tree. Then I climbed down and began working on earning her trust. I moved slowly and eventually let she let me get right up next to her. Selfie time. Not sure what the problem was, but the owner was not getting back to me. So I stood by, after staying by her for about 30 minutes, I began walking towards my truck. As I walked, she followed. I started taking videos of my friend just out for a stroll with me. Got back to the truck, opened the tailgate, sat down and waited for the owner to call me. After some time, I had not heard back. I wasn't sure what to do. The emu was walking back and forth along the fence line of the deer farm and got about 50 yards from me in the direction I needed to go. So I started my truck and planned to just follow her. As soon as I started my truck, she turned and began running as fast as she could right toward me. I don't know if you've ever seen an emo sprint, but holy hell, is that a funny sight? <laughs> Google it. I turned my truck off, got out, and assured her I would not leave without getting her home. After a while, still not hearing from the owner, um, took the two mile out of the woods to see if she would follow me and not panic. Decided to see if she would follow my truck instead. I began driving very slow, and sure enough, she followed. She would dawdle behind a bit, and then I realized... Then realized I was too far away and then sprinted that goofy way to catch up. Watch the video. We got to the gate by the main road and I finally heard back from the owner. Turned out she was out of town. Bummer. Now what? She put me in touch with her brother who came to help. Brother decided to come and pick up the emu and um, pretty much that kind of wraps up. But yeah, the the emu is actually named Limu like in the commercial. Oh, really? um, yeah. And yeah, up in Jillette, Wisconsin near Apple Creek Deer Farm. I mean, that's pretty cool. That is. That is. It's very I mean, cool. Uh, credit to that, I could. I've never seen an emu out in the wild. No, oh, I think. Didn't we see one when we did we go to the, at a zoo? Maybe I'm saying uh, like yeah. in the. I've never oh, seen God, one. Yeah, like I've gotcha. never just been sitting in the woods and be like, well, 
the hell? I, th- I don't think there's many people that can say that. Yeah, and then to shoot a deer on top of it, too, and just, I mean, you played with an emu for two days, basically. Right. That's pretty cool. Um, so that's our What's Weird Wisconsin story. Again, check it out on our Facebook if you want to read the whole thing. Check out the photos and the videos. Um, yeah, which leads us into some sports talk. Uh, we're going to do our weekly draft segment in a little bit, and we have a, that new segment of the trivia that we worked on last week. Before we do that, though, uh, Sean, I do want to talk to you about the Milwaukee Brewers. And, yes, I know it's not Brewer season. Um, but, really, I mean, just kind of wanting to look at it, and there was an interesting Reddit post this week from somebody who claims, I'm not, you know, I don't don't know them, don't know this person, but claims that they have a family member within the Brewers front office. Um, and we're talking about some player personnel and and some decisions that were coming up for the Brewers, which may or may not have merit. Uh, but it was a pretty popular Reddit post, so I kind of wanted to go through it, uh, talk through the different talking points of this and see what you had thought. Because I know we've talked about this a little bit, you know, but haven't taken a real deep dive through the whole thing. So... This coming from, see if I can get the proper user again. This is on Brewers Reddit, r-brewers by O-Barrio. Um, again, so it says, no sources proceed with caution. They give their own warning to not, you know, maybe necessarily put too much into this as it's not anything confirmed either. But here we go. So this goes over Thanksgiving. I had a chance to talk with a family member who works in the offices. He wouldn't give me a ton of details on the deep dive. Uh, the nitty-gritty stuff, but here's what they had told me. Uh, they're banking on Jackson Churio to be the next big thing. Uh, their entire plan for the future is based around him being a superstar. Uh, he says, I sum this up, possibly too short. We talked about Churio for about an hour alone. Obviously, there's a chance it doesn't pan out, and they have plans if he doesn't. Uh, but right now, they're not going to hold back with him like they did in the, with here in the first year. So just talking about that. Uh, Jackson Churio, the number, like, depending on where you look, he's like the number two prospect in baseball from one area, uh, from Baseball America, I believe. He's a number 20 prospect, 20 or 30 prospect, um, from MLB.com pipeline. So, pretty highly recruited or highly touted prospect. I got to see him play a couple times in Appleton mm-hmm. this last year. Yep. The guy is a superstar. Yeah. Or, and you know, at that level anyway. My question, how do we... Did we draft him or did yes, he come? Yes, he was, he was okay. a draft pick. He I'm was a draft pick. Sure. He wasn't, wasn't in a trade 18, or Actually, I think we. I don't even think he was drafted. I think he was an international signing because he's only he's only 18 years old now. Oh, okay. So he might have been like an international pool like gotcha. development. Yep, yep. Um, so by all means, I mean, again, very, very young. Absolutely looks the part, though. Um, all things considered. Just, a you know, playing... Early on here, again playing with the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers in his first year. Did he did he get um, MVP of? He was the Brewers minor leaguer of the year. Okay. He actually ended the season in Double A. Oh, he did end it. Um, I just saw that here. He was in extended spring training as of May second, hundred thirty three days later. Um, in this so at the end of summer, he was already in Double A. Mm, okay. Which again, the guy tears the cover off the ball. He had batted over the course of the summer with both Carolina, which is the low A team. Uh, or with Carolina, he batted 324, 373, uh, 600 slug line, or slugging percentage, 23 doubles, 5 triples, 12 home runs. With Appleton, he had batted 252, 317, uh, 488, with 6 doubles and 8 home runs, slash 9 the numbers dropped. But the powers continue to develop against the older competition. 
He also cut down his strikeout rate at high A, uh, which is pretty important too. Okay. Uh, these numbers coming from reviewingthebrew.com. Um, and I do not have his numbers here, what he did it in the very short time in AAA, but, or AA, excuse me. Um, but he did end his season there. Okay. So, again, you know, you can look at that average. One of the weird things about the Midwest League, even whether it being high A or was previously low A, is it is a pitcher heavy league. Yeah. Your high averages are probably about that. You don't see, you don't usually see that much power, especially in such a short time either. Um, you can realistically see your like your, your top sluggers at that level, maybe hitting double digits for home runs. Right. Um, you you have very with very, the weather, very few guys that reach those double digits. Right. I mean, with the weather, for one thing. Um, numbers are hard to hit in that Midwest league and the, in the high A league now. Um, but also just with that too, it's just the design. I mean, that's a pitchers almost always have the advantage as you kind of go to the next level. And that's kind of one of those takes, uh, things there where at that level, just the jump from even low A to high A is enough of a jump where hitters usually struggle a little bit. Um, the guys who do kind of fast track, like, Churio now, um, they don't stay in the league long enough to kind of have a long-term batting average where you can kind of get a good tell, per se. So your guys who you see it's like a whole season usually are hitting about 260, 270. Right. You know, that or they're hitting like 400. Yeah, <laughs> they're, exactly. They're getting called up you're, you're within having, a month or two. You're having the, that big gap in between guys. So... That's the first part of this, Jackson Trio. And he's going to be what position? He's an outfielder. He's an outfielder. Okay. Uh, I believe he's a true center fielder, really. Uh, but I believe he plays all the spots. Um, okay. But I believe he played center field when I had seen him. Yep, center field. That'd definitely be the spot that we need. Or yeah. that the Brewers need, I should say. So that's the first take. Um, I can't I imagine he's probably going to start the year either... Very briefly in double A, or if not triple A, in, in, if he's in triple or double A, it's mainly just because of how stacked the triple A outfield is right now. And it's gonna, it's gonna, isn't it gonna be like he's got to be in the minors for so many, so many games in order to keep his arbitration down and that kind, that well, kind of that stuff too. too. But it, you can kind of the double A, triple A thing doesn't really matter. Okay, as long as it's not in the major league squad. Right, right. Um, so that'll be probably a small part of it. But I, it sounds like I said, it sounds like they're not going to, again, from this Reddit post, they're not going to mess around with it yeah. um, like they did with Hero, or like what the Cubs did very notably with Chris Bryant. Right. That's that's exactly what I was thinking about when you started talking about this. So that's the first thing. Um, also reporting, again, this person, O'Berry O, uh, they do, per if they can only keep one of the starting pitchers, they would prefer to keep Woodruff over Burns if they think they can only send one. That's not to say Woodruff is better, but an extension to him would y yield more reliable results. Uh, taking a look, just a quick breakdown of that. I think we had talked about this. I don't necessarily agree with that, but in terms of financial versus um, the results, I can kind of get on board with that. Yeah. I think Corbin has a much higher ceiling, and I'd even say he has a lower floor, personally, but or higher floor. Whatever the better. Yeah, higher floor. Yeah, he has a higher floor, um, personally speaking. But if you're not going to be able to afford both of them, 
Woodruff is a very good pitcher. Right. Like, this is not taking away from him. It's just, like I said, if you were only going to go with one, I'd probably pony up the money for Kerbin Burns. I think Woodruff's big thing was that he could hit, but that's not the, necessarily yeah, a thing anymore matter. either. So. And it, what, is, there's not an age difference, is there? If there is one, it's very slight. It's very, I don't, very I don't know exactly what it would okay. be. Uh, next point, uh, Wong had his option picked up. Colton Wong had his option picked up so he could be traded. This is a very popular report going yep. around. Um, especially with Bryce Terang in the minors. And Bryce Terang was put on the 40-man roster, which in part was to avoid being a Rule 5 eligible draft pick. Um, $10 million going to Colton Wong versus like a tenth of that on that original rookie contract that Bryce Terang, even as a high draft pick, right. um, would get. So I get that to an extent too. Um Again, that's a very popular rumor, so I'm not quite sure of, you know. Now, do, now do you think it would be a package of, like, Colton Wong and Burns for somebody, I don't know, somebody think, would come in for something like that? I don't know if you'd be able to trade both of them in the same package like that. I think if you're going to trade Wong, you'd probably – well, one, so a, a popular trade offer that was tossed around – a couple weeks ago was that the Mariners traded for Cooper Hummel, which is a former brewer right. uh, to trade to Milwaukee for Colton Wong, um, which isn't a terrible trade by any means. It'd be, you know, getting a catcher slash first baseman slash outfielder for Colton Wong. When you do have Bryce Terang kind of, again, waiting in the, in the wings. Um, and if he couldn't come up right away, you still have Luis Urias. You can put at really any of the infield spots you can put, you can re-sign Jace Peterson probably pretty cheap, which we'll get to that in a little bit here. But um, if Colton Wong suits up for the Brewers this year, it I, I'd be a little shocked, I guess. But at the same time, I'm not trying to push him out of town either. I like Colton Wong. I really right. do. Yeah, he's he's a very good clubhouse guy and just a, a good veteran veteran presence to have. Good veteran presence. Usually the glove's always pretty good. Um, the guy's just cool. Like, right. I mean, the, his gear, his his attitude, just a cool dude. Um, so that's the, that side of things. Um, next one here, expect to see one of Weimer, Freilich or Mitchell traded this off season in a package. Yelich would stay in the outfield till trio is ready. Then likely be moved to like at the first base slash primary DH role. Um, I guess that's kind of to be expected, right? I given just again, the depth that they have at that group. Um, if I had to pick between those three, I'd probably say Freilich's probably the odd man out in my book. Just the power that Joey Weimer hits yeah. hits with is just, and it's been at every level mm-hmm. too. Uh, Garrett Mitchell, I think, was a very sneaky uh, success. I don't think he's a center fielder by trade. I don't think either any of these three guys really are either. No, um, I, I feel like I feel like first base is going to be the spot for for Weimer and for Mitchell. I feel like that's base. Yeah. They 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 play outfield. I understand that, but I don't my opinion they're not true outfielders. You know what I you kind of understand what I mean? I, I suppose. I think Mitchell is. I think he's a corner outfielder. I'd say he's a true, I mean he's got the arm. He's got the the range, the speed. He just doesn't necessarily have the the instinct of center field. Yeah. I think he'd be a great left fielder. Okay. Or right fielder for that matter. 
same. I think the same thing with Weimer. I think he's more of a left fielder just with his power. Yeah. Um. I mean, he he doesn't necessarily have the arm per se either. I think you usually want to have your best arm in right field actually these days besides center yeah, field. Yeah, I agree with you there. So, especially in Miller Park where – or Amfam Field. Um, <laughs> caught myself. But especially in Amfam Field where it's a very beneficial to left-handed hitters and the short porch out and left or in right. Yeah, in right field. Yeah, left-handed right hitters. Um, so you want to have your best arm out there. And especially with how the design of Amfam is with all the, the valleys, yep. they call them. Um, so that, I mean, like I said, this isn't a knock on South Frail. South Frail looks a great prospect too. These are all three great prospects. And I, I think if you had to, keep, I think if I had to keep them in order, like I said, I'd probably go Mitchell, Weimer, Freilich, any of the order, you know, any order you probably can go with. I'd probably be convinced of it. You know, if you're wanting to sell on Garrett Mitchell, because he's been proven, he doesn't, you know, he didn't necessarily hit great at the big league level. His first go around. Fine. I mean, if that's the route you want to go, um, I think he's probably the best contact hitter of that group. Not necessarily the power. The power will come. Like we've seen a couple home runs from him. Mm-hmm. Joey Weimer is your power guy, and Sal Freilich's kind of a little bit in the middle, uh, more of a contact hitter. But I think Garrett Mitchell's speed kind of gives him the advantage there too. But so what? What would we go for if you were going to package these guys? Are you going to package for a p- starting pitcher? You going to package for? Would you say? See, I don't think this will be like an off-season trade. Or, I think this will be. I think season. this would be make, maybe like a middle-season trade. But if it would be a an off-season trade, I I think you're. I think you're pretty content with your starting rotation still. Because I think everybody you don't really lose anybody. So you still got Burns. You still got Woodruff. You still got Freddie. You've still got a combination of Ashby Hauser. Whoever I'm not, I don't think Adrian Hauser should be a, a starting pitcher. For no, I, I think I think he's going to take over Brett Suter's role as coming out of the bullpen and being that spot starter guy. Sure, um, and then you still got Eric Lauer around, right? I can forget. I couldn't think of the last guy. So you've got five guys. Plus you've got Ethan Small in the wings, and he can step in and pitch if you need. You know, either as that guy that you kind of have on retainer for an injury or. Um, Maybe you do call him up. Maybe you've seen what you need to see out of Ashby, and and Ashby may be a better bullpen. I don't think Ashby's a starter yet, personally. I think he's got good stuff. I just think he's got to kind of figure out the major mm-hmm. level yet, which, in fairness, he really hasn't had a chance to. His record was worse than what it probably should have been, but I think he's better than Adrian Hauser. Yeah, he said some. he had some very bad starts so, throughout, throughout the year there. Maybe that's one route. I think you could probably package one of them for like a proven veteran bat. I don't know who per se. No, I'm trying, but, trying to think off the top of my head and I can't think of anybody. Um so next take point here is uh the expected floor for Bryce Terang is filling the role of Jace Peterson. So that and that's the worst the guy can do. Jace Peterson's been majority of his time here a very good pro. Very good utility guy. Right. He's not gonna wow you, he's not gonna tear the cover off the ball per se. He's going to go through slumps. But if that's the the downside of Bryce Terang, right. I mean, Bryce Terang, again, another one of those guys that having seen, and really all these prospects we're mentioning, having seen them play ex- pretty extensively in Appleton, Bryce Terang is a hell of a pro. Mm-hmm. Like the guy, he's another one of those, he reminds me a lot of Alex Bregman. He's got the look. He's He was actually going to go to LSU too. Okay. So he really, he's a very similar player to Bregman. Okay. Um, 
he's got occasional pop. He's got double written all over him anytime he steps up, basically. So very comparable to Alex Bregman. Um, and then they might bring Jace back one more year if they find a good trade for Wong, which we kind of talked about. Yeah. Um, next point here. So the next point to go to is after seeing Estroy, Estroy Ruiz, uh, more there's a sense that they got fleeced on the hater deal, which I think we talked about that. We've when, talked when this first at happened. length about, you know, in the hater deal, I, I still go back to my take on this was not necessarily that they got fleeced and not, I didn't love the timing of it. Cause I think it really threw, threw off the, the dynamic of the clubhouse. That seems like an off season move. Right. If you're going to give up on the guy or not give up on the guy, but to move the guy given his contract status, it should have been last off season. Yeah. Cause this year his, this is final year of arbitration. Um, so you would have, lo- you would have had a lot of pressure on you to either deal him this off season or at the trade deadline this coming year. I think last year you would have had more leverage. You could have brought in a better haul, um, which I, I agree with on, on all fronts. Yeah. So um, Ruiz, not necessarily the guy, even and, though, even though hater struggled really bad with, with the Padres, he also recovered and was a great aspect asset for them in the playoffs mm-hmm. too. So um, yeah, not a, I mean, it wasn't a great trade, but, it was one that they felt they wanted to make, and I get it from from the contract standpoint, right? And you and know, it's and it's not like we have a we had a bad guy waiting in the wings, or we didn't have a guy waiting in the wings. We had Devin Williams, who played very or pitched, he pitched very well, very well. So, so uh, a couple more things just to kind of bounce through here. Uh, expect this is one that we're going to kind of keep track of and see how where this is accurate. See. Um, which is this is also something I've seen pretty popularly as well. Expect to see a Willie Adamas extension within the month, uh, likely a seven-year deal for a hundred million dollars. Which I don't like seven years. I don't like a hundred million dollars. I think I, I don't like the seven years thing either. I probably would have gone five, uh, five, five for eighty. Yeah, that's what it's something that's exactly in, what in that ballpark. Thinking. But if that's what it takes, I mean, again, if you want to talk about a bat that has the big league experience that you're going to extend, which Willie Adams is a great player too. Right. I mean, right. another, you know, if you're talking about a guy to build around, um, by no means is he going to be like, you know, the, what you expected Christian Yelich to be, but he's also going to be a guy who's going to give you his all. He's a good clubhouse guy. Lots of energy mm-hmm. hits for both average and power. Yeah. Very good glove. So really what you wanted Orlando Arcia to be. Right. Exactly. So, and I think I think you would have had to pay more. Just say Arcia was was what Adamus is right now. I think you pay more for for him. Oh, absolutely. Because he he was probably a touch better. He's probably a touch better with the glove. He's more consistent with the glove. Yeah. When but, when they both have a wild play, they're both very capable of the wild play. I think Arcia is just a touch more consistent. But right. Um, what it, that's is what it is. Uh, next line here is Mark Adonazio is not necessarily as cheap as people believe. He will spend the money on the right player, but he won't overpay. The moves just haven't been there the last couple of years, and the teams don't like to deal with the Brewers. And I, I think that speaks a lot to really the success, the success that we saw with David Stern so early on. Mm-hmm. They feel like if he's offering a trade that they're going to get screwed. Right, right. So, if, if, you know, I can get the hesitancy, I think – you know, I'm really curious to see what the Matt Arnold 
uh, era is going to be like at GM. He's a basically disciple of of Stearns. Um, and I think there's I think that's a very good point. I think Mark Adonazio, I mean, he rightfully so gets a tough rep from fans. Yes. And I know I've been bitching about him before. Mm-hmm. However, we have seen on multiple occasions in our lifetime where he goes and spends money. You look at 2011 where he went and got Zach Greinke. He went and got, um, for lack of, you know, not for lack of trying, but he went and got Sean Markham and he had Randy Wolf. Right. Um, they had bat, they brought in bats. They brought in Mark Kotze at one point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who was, I mean, he was a very useful player. Jerry Hairston jr. Um, was a good piece to round out that team at the time too. So, it's not that he's afraid to spend money. It's just they haven't found a deal as of late. It's been amplified these last probably five years because of the window with championship type window. It's been a little bit more amplified. But you can look back to a couple years ago where they go get Moustakas. They go get uh, Yasmani Grandal. Had both of them on the team at the same time. They go resign Moustakas. Right. So it's the windows are there. Mm-hmm. It's just... You have to find the deal that you want to do. Right. And then the last part of this um, was the Renfro trade. And really, I'm kind of surprised to hear this. But at the same time, I'm not. So I'm going to run this last one by you here, Sean. Uh, Hunter Renfro was traded for clubhouse reasons, not for salary salary reasons. He was difficult to to- coach and ha- hard to be with in the clubhouse. Which, which it does make sense because he was touted to be a very good prospect coming out of the Red Sox organization. Or yes. was it was it the Padres organization? Oh, he's I bounced around so yeah, much. Yeah, he's 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 been bouncing around so much, so there's gotta be something because he's been consistent player. Yeah, he's played on like five different teams. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember I'm I'm pretty sure it was Red Sox, but I'm not well I know he I know he was he, on that he, he was that's on where the, we acquired no, we we acquired him from the Red Sox. He we traded Jackie Bradley Jr. back to Balt or to Boston for him. Is that what it was? He played for the Pot, Rays. Oh, the Rays. He might have came so up with the I Rays. Think, I'm almost thinking he came from the Padres. He was drafted by them without looking this up. And I'm going to look it up here now as we're yeah. talking about okay. it. Okay. I'm, um, I'm, I'm thinking Padres. And but I so, think he had a spot so you, with them too at one point too. So you just think about it. That's that's three or four different teams in the span of what, five, six years? Yeah. I mean, he's bounced around. Um, he was drafted. Yeah, you get it right. He was drafted by the Padres. Played with them from 16 to 19. Played with the Rays in 2020, the Boston Red Sox 2021, the Brewers in 2022. And now he's traded to the Angels. So um, that's three years, three teams, four years, four five, teams, yeah. basically. So it makes sense in a lot of ways. That he's robbing people the wrong way. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. I, 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 You don't see that, though. Because, like, I mean, you see him being the guy who he brought out, like, the infinity, like, the... the um, Bad guy from Infinity War. Thanos. Thanos glove. <laughs> blanked on that. The Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. I just blanked on the name. <laughs> it's okay. I just watched the movies last week, so. So, but he he brings up the Thanos glove. He he seemed like he was buying in, but I guess behind closed doors and with, with CC and um It's and all the crew. it's all the stuff we don't see. Oh right. So you, you can you can see him putting on a good face for fans out outside doing the media stuff doing the his wife very nice too charity stuff all that kind of stuff we met his wife at that one game we went to with mark and hannah oh when i bought that baseball that's right 
Um, very nice wife, but yeah, I. But when you put that in compare, you know, in perspective, and like you look at how long he's, you know, all the teams he's played with in the last couple of years, makes sense because it's not like he's not performing. And who did we get for him? A uh, relief pitcher or something like that. Four right? relief, four pitchers. relief pitchers. Okay, or three relief pitchers, something like that. But okay, we don't have to go into that. No, but, but so that that's kind of the breakdown of this Reddit article, and it's. I've been thinking about this a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably right. way more than I should in the last few days. But really, I mean, there's nothing in this. I mean, that doesn't kind of add up. I mean, it's very believable. Yeah. And whether or not this all comes light or not, we'll see. Exactly. But a lot of it is very, you know, I buy Jackson Churio being their their top Juan Soto type superstar. Right. I buy probably trading one of those three outfielders. And hundred percent could see him getting rid of Woodruff or Burns too. Yeah, I, if you can't keep both, I could very much see you know they're struggling at the deadline, and somebody needs a needs a pitcher and get whatever you can because they're both arbitration done this year. Next year, next I think, year. But I feel like Woodruff is done this year, but maybe not. Yeah, I'm maybe not they quite came sure. up. They both came up at the same time. I don't know. I believe they both came up in 2018. 2018. And so four years arbitration usually, right? Four or five. I think they're under Something. club control through next year yet, but I'm not. That, that whole not. thing is kind of confusing to me. But. but yeah, none of this, none of this is surprising. Bryce Trang's got the highest ceiling, low floor or high floor. Jace Pearson, bringing him back, the Colton Wong possibility of a trade. None of this is none of this is surprising. No. So I I like having Christian Yelich just be your all time DH, your D, everyday DH, I should say. Yeah. And just letting these young guys kind of play him in the hope. field once in a while if you need to give a guy a day off from the field, get him off the yeah, field but a little I th- bit. I think but... we have so much depth, I don't think you really need to. No, I don't think so either. And some of these moves we've seen really kind of point to that happening. Which for, and hopefully you can get in back into the swing of things and get back to that. What nineteen twenty form? Eighteen eighteen nineteen. Eighteen nineteen form. But even if he, I mean, even with him batting leadoff this last at the second half of this last season, he batted over three hundred leadoff. Spot. Right. I mean, he's a he's a great leadoff hitter. The home run numbers not necessarily there, but again, I don't, I don't can, think you need that from him though. That, no, that, those few couple years where he was just hitting the cover off the ball. But also, I think the average is going to go up quite a bit because you're not going to have him hitting a you know a line drive to right field and getting caught by the second baseman. Right. Because the shift is going away. Yeah. I think he's going to be one of the biggest Which benefits I, of I this, too. I don't like. I'm very mixed on that, I don't personally. like the shift going away. I feel like that's baseball. I think it is, but I think to an extent, I think it, it was getting out of hand. No. But I think to but, have to it, have them all on the, the dirt is kind of dumb. Oh, is that what it is now? Yeah, it's that you have to have... Your infielders all have to be on the the dirt, and I think you have to have two people on each side of the base. Mm, okay. Which I mean, essentially gets rid of the shift, yeah. for all intents and purposes. But I, I still don't like it. But baseball's kind of they they have to try to for some reason set themselves apart, and it doesn't make any sense. Well, I, like I said, I think the argument is that it got way too convoluted, where you'd have five guys on one side of the field and. And one element, it's like, okay, well, then hit it the other way. Right. Or learn exactly. to hit it the other way. I mean, you and I both learned how to do it in right. high school. It's not – I mean, it's hard to do, I'm sure, at the major league level, but it's not – But still, you only got to be a tad late on a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. In your hand placement. But anyway, 
Anyway, so Shauna's back. Hello. <laughs> uh, and we're going to talk about, we have a draft to do, and we also have a Shauna Let's Trivia segment. So Shauna, what do you want to do first? <clears throat> what are you most excited for? Uh, probably trivia, just because I want to see the senseless knowledge that the two of you <laughs> uh, keep in your noggins. All right. So it's not senseless. Shauna has, we're going to do what, best of five or Five questions. You have seven Hang questions. Hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have eight questions. Okay. And we're keeping track of this, right? Oh. Yes. Okay. So do we have a buzzword or we just... Oh, just say your name. Okay. I, th I've heard that on like um, radio shows before. Okay. And, okay. you know, we're kind of like one, so... For a radio show? Well, kind of. Okay. In 1984... Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Here we go. Okay. What Boston College quarterback threw a 48-yard... Flutie. Wow, that is correct. Oh, that is, that, yeah, that, you said Boston College quarterback. I'm like, that's Doug Flutie. Okay. So um, what's the rest of the question? Yeah. Threw a 48-yard touchdown pass to win the 47-45 game over Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, yep. the Hail Mary. Yep. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe my questions are not as hard as I thought they were. <laughs> Which was the last team in 2008 football team to go undefeated? Regular season, Eric, that's the New England Patriots. Oh, that is incorrect. What? That is incorrect. In so 2008, 2008, the last team in 2008 to go undefeated. It was a team that lasted all the way into week 12 with a 10 and oh. record. We got to give this to Sean if he's in 2008. Yep. In week I don't 12. Like this hang on. Here we go. Yeah. In week 12, they met Brett Favre and the New York Jets, who put this team in their place 34 13. It, it's almost got so the it. last team that was undefeated oh, in the 2008. So it's got to be like Indianapolis Colts. That is incorrect. Really? I don't Should like this. Should I question. give you the answer? No, no. I want to I fight through can, this a little can bit. Can we have a division? Or can we have a conference? So AFC or NFC? Um, <laughs> hang on. Okay, so it's not, a team, it's not a team Shauna knows. No, it's a team I know. <laughs> I just don't know. In 2008. It's not the Patriots and it's not the Colts. I feel like those were the And they played the Jets. Uh, AFC. Hmm. <clears throat> 2008. 2008. It's not the Patriots. It's not the Colts. And they play the Jets. Their team colors are blue. Like a light blue and a dark blue. So is it the Titans. Yeah. Yeah, the Titans. <laughs> neither, oh, of you, neither of you get that point. Vince Young's rookie year. That was Vince Young's rookie year? No, he was That was his cover year. That was his Madden yeah, cover year. Yeah, that was year. Madden cover year. Oh, okay. Okay. That doesn't make... That makes absolutely no sense, but okay. Okay, so I neither, never that. neither of you get that point. I, we got it. I got it right. Yeah, but she had to give us. Yeah, hands. I had to give okay. you way too many hints. You picked a random year. Who was the former Green Bay Packer offensive tackle who later took the Bengals as a head coach to a Super Bowl? The Bengals. Yeah. Former Green Bay Packer offensive tackle. Who later took the Bengals as a head coach to the Super Bowl? 
So it's not Zach Taylor. We know that. No, because this is going to be. This is back in like the, with Boomer Sison. You're right. So I'm going to say Sean and I'm going to go Forrest Greg. That is correct. Damn it. I, Good job. That's what I was thinking too. Because I'm like, it's got to, it's got to be one of the, like the super Lombardi era Lombardi Packers. Era Packers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he was an eight-time Pro Bowler with the Packers in the '60s, and he played five championship teams. Also, I didn't know he coached the Bengals. Though. I didn't know either. But it that's says, the only. <laughs> it says after coaching the Browns for three seasons, the Bengals took Greg at the helm in 1980, and he took the 1981 Cincinnati team with their 12 and four record to the Super Bowl. They lost to the 49ers no. in that Super Bowl. Yeah, that Bowl. was the year that Joe Monta- That was was that the year that Joe Mont that they the they roll through them at the time or was it the year that Joe Montana said, Hey, there's uh John candy. I I'm, I'm assuming they just rolled them. I don't, they had to, because one of the super Bowls. So Harry Sidney talks about the year. There's one year that they just rolled through who they played, which I think was the Bengals year. I think so. And then there's also the infamous, like where they had to drive the length of the field and he comes, Joe Montana comes to the huddle, like on like the 10 yard line or whatever. And to prove how cool he was and like how in the moment he was, he said, Hey, there's John Candy on the bleachers. Right. Okay. Are you ready? All right. For your next question. So it's one to one. Yep. Okay. Okay. There are 16 NFL teams named for animals. Can you name 10 of them? Sean. Let's go Eagles, Falcons, Rams, Ravens, Bengals. Lions. Uh, da, 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 da. Come on, this guy. Uh oh, uh oh. Um, um, <laughs> Seahawks. They're not even real. Still counts. Quit, quit interrupting me. <laughs> shit, what am I at? Seven? Yeah. <laughs> um, shit. Uh, that, that, That's about dolphins, it. Dolphins, dolphins. Oh, okay. Dolphins. All right. Panthers. Okay. Oh, no. Come on. There's one. Which one am I missing? Which one am I missing? No, no. Bills. God. Very good. <laughs> Very good. For some reason, Jets was popping in my head, and I couldn't get that out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the Bears. Oh, the Bears. Yep. Bears. Well, sorry. Jags. Jaguar Bears. The Jag- Cleveland Browns. They're not animals. The mascot is a dog named Chomps. That's bullshit. Yeah, they're the yeah. fucking fairy little dude. The, yeah. elf. the Broncos. Yep. The Colts. Yep. The Jaguars. Said them. Eagles. Yep. Oh, the Eagles. The, ca- them, the Cardinals. Oh, the Cardinals. Cardinals. That's the one I mean, we were missing. Yep. Okay. So. I, I'm protesting the Browns one. Yeah. Well, I, didn't, I didn't say the Browns. He didn't say so. the I know Browns. he didn't, but I'm, for her sake. <laughs> the, okay. the little elf dude. Okay. Well, I was trying to go through conferences in my head and it was, yeah, I, was fa- I was falling apart. <laughs> All right. So it's two to one. Right. All right. You ready? Name the, I will give you the year after if you don't get it right away. Okay. But name the NFL player who won the Super Bowl MVP award, even though his team lost the game. Fuck. Do you need a year? No, I need, no. I know who it is. I, Oh God! Play for the Vikings. No, <laughs> no, because that would be Fran Tarkington. It was that time though. It was. Oh would God! Would you like me to give you a year? Yeah, nineteen seventy-one. Yep. 
I'm not going to get the player name. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm not. Can you tell me the team he's on? 71, I feel like it's got to be... Is it Johnny Unitas? No. No, they won with him. Eventually. Yeah. It was for the Chiefs, right? No. Okay. It was Chuck Howley. Oh, yeah, no. 1971, the Colts beat the Cowboys 16-13 to in what is known as the Blooper Bowl. Mm. No, nope, uh, wouldn't have got that one. All right, next question. That one was hard. That one. I See, I found some good ones. All right. The Detroit Lions won two games in the 2001 season. One was against the Cowboys in week 17. Who did they defeat in week 14 for their first win of the season? 2001? Yep. They won two games. They defeated the Cowboys in week 17. Who was week 14? I'm going to take a guess. Eric, the Bears. No. I'm going to go with the Packers. No. Eric, the Vikings. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> knew it had to be conference. The final score was 27-24. It was a home game for the Lions. That's amazing considering how good that early 2000s Vikings were. Right. You figure that's Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper. And... All right. Are you ready? Now, this I'm asking. This one I'm going to ask for the top five. If you get four of the five, you get... Well, if you get... F- oh, it's my game. So, <laughs> if you get five of five... You will get five points. If you get four of five, you get four points. Three of five, three, and so on and so forth. Are you ready? Let's do it. Who are the top five all-time passing yardage leaders? Eric. Damn it. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning. Who's my fifth? Who's my fifth? And Dan Marino. Okay, you got Tom Brady correct. You got Drew Brees correct. You got Peyton Manning correct. You got Brett Favre correct. And your last one was incorrect. Oh, I guess I'm going to try to get the one John Elway. No. No. You want to you want to sudden death it out or do you want me to just tell yeah, you? Yeah, let's do it. Sudden death. Because I, I want my I want to try to get one point <laughs> on this. Um, okay. My qu- no, no. Can, you can, take, can no, we no, get no, a no, hint? No, no, no. no. Joe Montana. No. No. Not top five. He's on the list, but not top five. Oh, this is bad. This is bad podcasting right now. (laughs) Is it Aaron Rodgers? No. No. Again, on the top 20, not in the top five. It's a guy you would not expect. Um, uh, East coast team not oh co- it's eli manning no not co- not east coast but east of east of here east of here <laughs> i want to jokingly say baker but yeah, no. no um he's a large guy bed roethlisberger yes oh there it is <laughs> yes okay I played long enough i could buy that yeah okay so this is i would like you to give me the top five Oh, top Again, okay. Same scoring as before. <laughs> Rushing leaders. Yards are. Uh, y- yes. Eric, Brennigo, Walter Payton, Adrian Peterson. Or, okay, sorry, Barry Sanders. No, he didn't play long enough. 
Well, I'm going to keep him on there. Um, OJ Simpson. And... Paul Horning. I, I know that's not right, but... You got three of the five correct. So Sean's going to go Emmett Smith. Oh, fuck. Forgot Emmett <laughs> Smith. That was that was the name that popped in my head first. And Eric Dickerson. But I also didn't tell him which three were correct, so you could... No, no. You, you gave him the three before. Yeah, but I had top four. Well, still. So Emmett Smith is one. Then you got... I feel like... I feel like Eric Dickerson's on there. Um, he is not the top five. Really? I I still know Emmett Smith for sure. So that's four then? Eric got three correct. You got one correct. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what who, What are the four? Yeah. It's, it's Emmett Smith is number one. Yes. What did... What did you... What did you say? I said... So we're missing number three. You are missing three. Yep. So number one is Emmett Smith. Walter Payton is number two. Barry Sanders is number four. Adrian Peterson is number five. You are missing number three. Who the heck could we? 16,000 yards. 16,000 yards. 16,000 yards. I'm saying this isn't like an older. It's got to be older, right? It's not Eric. Oh, Jim Brown. God, no. Oh, Really? Thought I thought I snuck that one in there. I did too. No, Jim Brown is eleven on the list. Really? Yep. 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 Would you like me to tell you? No. No. <laughs> can Can we have? Can we have like? Would you, you like, like an era? Yeah, an era like nineties, two thousands. Let's see. It's got to be early since she's googling it. Mm. <laughs> he was born in nineteen eighty three. Oh. Oh, Terrell Davis. No. <laughs> Come on. Born uh, in 83, so he came up in the NFL like early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s. He was number 21. LT, LaDainian Tomlinson, the jersey. No. Fuck! LaDainian Tomlinson <laughs> is number seven. Thought you had it. He was I did. number, tw- uh, yeah, he was, he's number 21. seven on the list. 21. Would you like the teams? No. No, 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 no. no, no. 21? <sighs> yep. No, wouldn't be him. He's 5'9", 216 pounds. His so, son is a running back. His son. And also named the same as him, but junior. <clears throat> Give us one of the teams. 49ers. 49ers. Also, the Miami Dolphins. He was a running back. It's not. No, it's not Ricky Williams. No, he didn't. <laughs> why, why is this Garrison Hurst just popping in my head? I know it's not no. him. Frank Gore. Yes, yes, that's who it is. Yes, yes. that's who that is. Oh, God, that was going to piss me right. off. Right. So you have seven, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, we have a tie. All right, now you got to have one more question. All right, here's the tiebreaker. Talk a little bit because <laughs> I need to. I need to get up my Pick spreadsheet a player. here. Pick, find, why don't you find us a player? Yeah, I find, find a player. Give us their teams. 
No, mm. we're going to do this. Uh-oh. Here's my... I'm so mad about... Okay, good, so... Good Frank Gore, but... So to he, lead... He played for so long. Yeah. So to lead into our second best uh, draft... Okay. Okay? You are going to give me the second best leader... So Tom Brady's the first okay. on this list for pass completions. Sean Drew Brees. Yes. Ha! Suck it! <laughs> Eight to seven. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. The Deacon Dunk of Drew Brees. <laughs> Would you have known that, Eric? Yeah, I did. You I just... was ready. He, he's just quicker. Oh. <laughs> just quicker on the gun. He was quicker on the uptake. Ah, <laughs> oh, that pissed me off. <laughs> so, that was Shauna's trivia. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. It pissed me off. Like, oh, God, I'm mad now. Like, that so Frank Gar one is going to, like, that just, oh, God. Yeah, but you still got the points. So. I did. I had that, to work a lot harder for it than I wanted to, though. Yeah. I'm that, surprised, oh, like, oh, for how much, for how long of a career he had and how good, I mean, he had, he's was the all-time single season leading rusher until Adrian Peterson. Who, OJ? Yeah, no, OJ. It was it was Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson had was it should be second on the list. Eric Dickerson is number nine. No, for um <gasps> season oh, season oh, oh, season oh, 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 oh. single season. OJ Simpson is twenty one. He's down there. Okay, so for the draft, as Sean just teased, we are going to do the all t- in inspired by Jordan Love getting the start or not getting the start, but coming in late last night, which is also. The anniversary of the, which will be tomorrow, the episode day of when Aaron Rodgers came in against the Cowboys. We're going to do all time backups slash second options. So this doesn't have to be sports, but we can do this a couple different ways. Uh, doing the wheel of names as we speak. The first pick it's gonna in the be wheel Eric. of names. It's going to be Eric. No, no, no. It's going to be Shauna. Oh. oh so Shauna's going to go first. Then it's going to be Eric. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I'm going last this week. But you get the double pick, Sean, if you go last. It's going to be Sean, Dan, and Eric. So Shauna, Sean, Eric this week for the draft for the all-time second best slash backups. Okay. You ready to film? You got it. All right. I don't know how we're gonna, how I'm going to do this. So it can be sports or just anything that anything is considered second, second to best. the main thing. All right. Oh, yeah. This is tough. Okay. Number one draft pick, Luigi. Damn. He Damn. is the Damn. second best. I'm gonna say he's better than Mario, though. I like I like when you play like Mario Brothers or whatever. I always play as Luigi. No, you gotta go Toad. I'm a well, Toad girl too. Toad, I love. Well, I'm favorite. not saying for like the game, but like when you have just those two, like when it's either Mario or Luigi. Oh, always Luigi. Luigi's got better hops. He's a little bit skinnier than you know Mario. For what it's worth, of like if you're playing like Mario Kart or something like that. First of all, if we're not talking the babies, because baby Luigi all the way. No. But if you're not talking the babies, Yoshi's the way to go. No. Absolutely not Toad. Absolutely. Yeah, it's Toad all the way. <laughs> all right, Sean. Oh, geez. Um. So we can do. Like, can we? I don't even know. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I, I, all time back 
So can we go like, do you go Burger King? Yeah, you can go Burger King. Like you don't. Go, you, I don't know if, if that's. You don't for have sure. McDonald's. You go to Burger King. Right. Yeah. Any anything that you can think of like that. Okay. Okay. So is that your? Yeah, that's my final pick. I'll go Burger King, even though that's not really a first round pick, but. We can right. go there. I'm gonna go Steve Young. He backed up Joe Montana, and then he went on to have his own great career as well. Steve Young. Okay. Don't and I'm it. gonna back that up with Aaron Rodgers as well. I'm gonna go two sports right away. Steve Young, Aaron Rodgers for the backup quarterbacks. Back to Sean. Okay, I'm gonna go Robin. Oh. Ah. Got Batman, then you got Robin. Okay. Okay. That's that's. A, I think that's a good one. I'm gonna go Nike, backing up Adidas. I don't. I, 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 I feel like uh, you gotta go Adidas. You gotta go Adidas over Nike. No. This is my draft. Okay. So we let her do her own thing. I'm a. I like Nike. I like Adidas better than Nike. So I think the opposite is true. And then I'm gonna go Pepsi. It's a solid pick because I think Pepsi backs up Coke. Yeah. So that's uh, those are my picks. Do you have a? Can I get a Coke? Uh, Do is Pepsi okay? No, it's not okay. Pepsi's (laughs) yeah. All right. Sean? So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Shaq okay. with the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. I feel like Shaq was always the the second guy to Kobe, so I'm going that route. I'm gonna say this jokingly. This isn't my pick, but I'm gonna say this jokingly. Michael Jordan. Oh jeez, he's not LeBron. Um, no, my my third pick. I'm gonna go with Puffs tissues. They're not Kleenex Puffs. They're they're just as good. We're going tissues. Yeah, we're going. I had Steve Young, Aaron Rodgers, and Puffs. I I thought you were gonna go. Okay, I'm not even gonna say it. But when you said Puffs, I was thinking Crunchy or Puffs Cheetos cereal. No Cheetos. Oh cereal. Oh okay Cheetos. Um, No, so one with Puffs tissues, and my fourth pick. Oh, this is tough. My fourth pick. Damn. This is a lot harder than I thought. Right. Uh, Fourth pick is going to be Mellow Yellow. Oh, Mellow Yellow. Sundrop over Mellow Yellow? Or Mountain Dew over Mellow Yellow? Both are are like the 1A, 1B. Okay. Okay. But that's kind of like the one option. You go to McDonald's or whatever, and they've only got Mellow Yellow, so... You settle for it. Mm-hmm. Mellow Yellow is not settling. Mellow Yellow is superior. Not the Sun Drop. It's not, not the Sun Drop, but to Mountain Dew, I agree with you. I don't get the Sun Drop thing. I'm not from up north. It's got to be out of the glass bottle. It's oh, the only way to drink it. You haven't had it out of the glass bottle. You haven't lived. I think I have had it out of the glass bottle. I don't get the hype. <sighs> your disappointment. I'm sorry. All right, Sean, back to you for your fourth pick. Can we go whatever you want? Let's go Bush beer. Budweiser over Bush. So I'm going Bush with the backup. Are they the same? I mean, they count. That counts. I just. I think you're incorrect. Age, at this day and age, I almost think it's the other way around. Yeah, but Budweiser's been around for so much long. Yeah. Bush, Bush Light's only been around. Or Bush Light's only been popular yeah, for, for 10 years. Yeah. So that's where I'm going. I'll, I'll respect that. Okay. I'm going to go 
little sports one here. Sports oh one. boy. I'm going to go Eli Manning Ooh. because the better Manning brother is obviously Peyton. But I liked Eli Manning when I was growing up. Not quite sure why, but, yeah, but we need to probably go through that. There's some deep-seated trauma there in yeah. some capacity. Oh, whatever. But anyway, so Eli Manning is my uh, backup there, and then my I'm gonna go another soda, Mr. Pib. Oh, this was Mr. Pib. I was thinking about this one too. Yeah, I honestly I like Mr. Pib. Yeah, I do. Too. I do. It, like I think it's pretty good. Dr. Pepper, Fountain Dr. Pepper is always superior. But Mr. Pib out of the can, like the mm. co- like, ooh, so good. Oh, okay, I got. It. You ready now? Bang up. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we good now. All right, I'm gonna go Powerade. Oh, oh, that's a good one. I can't believe that got this far. No, I can't either. Just popped into my head. Gatorade, of of course, number one. But yeah, Power Powerade. Powerade's going to be my backup. I don't... This is tough. Oh, God. My last pick. Last pick of the best... Or the second best draft. Can I go, like, multiple meal? Like, cereal? Because most of it's pretty good. I mean, like, the multiple meal Lucky Charms are probably better than the regular Lucky Charms, but... yeah. I feel like I I left a huge thing on the table here, but I can't. I blanked so hard when it came to my turn. That's what I'm gonna go with. Like name brand cereal or off <laughs> general. Brand cereal. General Mills is number one, and you're going multiple meals. Just general store brand. I mean name brands over store brand, but this was a tough one. This, this was is, this, this got, is a hard draft. This got tough really quick. Yeah, and there's things I know I forgot, and there's I, like I athletes. Feel like, I feel like we could have went Celtics. And Lakers. You could have gone Scotty Pippen. You could have went Yankees, Red Sox. You could, I mean. Yeah, but a lot of that's just kind of preference thing. True. True. I mean, you could have went Dwayne Wade, LeBron and Dwayne Wade for the Heat. LeBron and Jordan. No. For not, they didn't <laughs> play together. You can't do it. I can. I, I just did. No. It wasn't on the draft. So. <laughs> All right. So. so that's it? That's it. That's, that's our, it. That's that's our draft, draft for the week. Okay. Um. That got a lot harder than I expected it to at yeah. the end. It really did. You run out of things. I mean, there are a lot of things that we missed. Oh, for sure. Every, every we missed every a week, lot. There's like something. <laughs> yeah, but that's what our viewers are for to tell us what we missed. And, yes. And what they think. <laughs> and what they think. Everything like that. Yes. All right. Well, we can dip back in the world of sports. A uh, couple big stories, obviously, we haven't hit on yet. Um, first and foremost, I mean, the Badgers making a huge hire. At the head coach position for the football team, uh, Sean, I don't think I've actually we had talked about your opinion on this and like, talked about our opinions on this. So uh, I'll break the story first. So Luke Fickle, uh, head coach of Cincinnati Bearcats, hired officially as of late last night as the Badgers head football coach. He's going to make seven million dollars a year. Uh, by comparison to Paul Chris, who's making like five point two five a year. So big upgrade in pay. Uh, Badgers go kind of shock the world because everybody thought it was Jim Leonard's job. Uh, Badgers had lost the axe on Saturday. Minnesota kept the axe, I should say. Mm-hmm. They lost the axe mm-hmm. game. Um, your initial thoughts on this, Sean, and Sean as well, because I, I know we've talked about it, but we haven't gotten your thoughts on, on here either. I, I kind of thought it was going to be somebody other than Jim Leonard because I don't think Jim Leonard has really blown the doors off 
with I mean, he's won games, but he hasn't like blown anybody out of the water by any means. Sure. And he Luke Fickle Luke Fickle, right? Yep. Cincinnati coach? Yes. And they've been very good for the past five years or so. So Yeah. I'm thinking thinking it should be a good hire. I and I did I did see something on what was it on TikTok today that they're thinking that Graham Mertz is going to enter the transfer portal too. I don't doubt that. I'm so, I'm. I think there's we're going to see a lot of guys probably transferring in and out for what it's yeah. worth, and that happens anytime that there's a high profile turnover like this. Mm-hmm. Sean, what were your initial thoughts? You know, I I don't know much about the guy. I was surprised that they were hiring in the middle of the season just because the fact that you know, Wisconsin doesn't usually do anything shocking or anything exciting. Well, aside from their bowl game, their, their season's done. Right. But I'm just saying like you, even then, even then we're just usually like, okay, we'll ride it out. We're not going to do anything scandalous. We're not going to do anything like, not that this was scandalous by any means, but usually we're just like, okay, we'll wait it out. You don't make, you kind of do things quietly and, you know, move on into the next season. So yeah, but I guess I didn't understand, not that I didn't understand, but I just, I was kind of shocked that, wow, we actually made a move. You, we usually do it those, the Wisconsin the safe way. way. And that's, right, right. that's, I think, a big factor in this hire. And that's why I think I'm so happy about, so I'm over the moon happy about this, by the way. I want to go, I feel bad for Jim Leonard. I think Jim Leonard is a great person who would have given his life for Wisconsin football. And if there's a way that maybe you can keep both of them around, I think that'd be awesome. Um, you th- you think Jim Leonard? I don't on? think so. I think I well, yes, I do. I think he doesn't stay. I think he either tries to take a group of five job, whether that be actually, he's being talked about for the Cincinnati job. Mm, um, okay. And actually, you know, I think I think that's kind of what they was the issue. I mean, like you said, he didn't do anything to wow the starting you know the head coach job. I think a lot of people just kind of assumed it would be him because again, mm-hmm. that's Wisconsin way. Right. But as much sitting in the radio station as it did over the last couple of days. So they talked about how they expected some sort of announcement over the weekend uh, where Jim Leonard was expected to sit down with administration, I believe on Friday and kind of talk about their visions for the future. Uh, Jeff Patricus of the, I believe the Wisconsin state journal is who he writes for. Maybe it's Milwaukee journal Sentinel, but Jeff Patricus who covers the Badgers very extensively great writer, um, had wrote that even the Badgers didn't necessarily want to fire Paul Chris because the results on the field. It was that they didn't feel like his vision for the program was what they wanted when it came to recruiting, when it came to mm-hmm. NIL. And, and I think we we talked so about this earlier, earlier when right. he did it, get fired. And it wasn't necessarily, I mean, it, it kind of solidifies that thought that it wasn't necessarily about the the record of the team. It was about their directions and all reports are indicating that Jim Leonard basically wanted to kind of tighten up the screws and fill in the gaps, but kind of keep the quote unquote Wisconsin way, which Chris McIntosh, the new AD uh, who took over for Barry Alvarez last year, didn't want to do. And when I kind of started thinking about this again, I've never in my, when we started talking about, you know, even before Paul Chris was fired, but as a possible replacement, Never did I think Luke Fickle was going to be that guy. I didn't think he'd be available. I think that was part of the biggest surprise was that he was even available for them to hire. But 
the big thing to me, and especially when we're talking about this quote unquote maybe antiquated Wisconsin way, Wisconsin sets a standard in college sports when it comes to women's hockey, when it comes to volleyball. There'll be another one seed in the tournament hosting multiple rounds of the tournament up to the final four. They'll be in contention for another national championship. Women's hockey is always basically winning national championships. I mean, there's been more years as of late where they have won versus when they haven't. Just constant juggernaut of a program. Mm -hmm. And really, we were trending in that way for football until about three years ago. And in that three to four year window, the last couple of years here, even going to the Rose Bowl in the 2020 season or 2019, 2020 season, we've gotten passed by a lot of teams in this, in this conference. Oh, 100%. Michigan came up and passed us. And now they're contending in, you could even argue passing Ohio state. Would, would you say that Minnesota passed us? I would argue that the Minnesota football team has. It's very well possible. I mean, you've got you've lost two years in a row. I think they have lost three out of five or something to that effect. And I feel like Iowa is another. I mean, Michigan State has passed us. I don't think Michigan State has as a whole. Okay, but Penn State sure, for sure has. Oh, Penn State, yeah. Iowa, Penn State was Iowa dead was in the water. Iowa's another team. Purdue's playing for the Big Ten championship right. this weekend, which is baffling. Right. So. You, but for sure, I mean, you talk about you were chasing Ohio State, like it was Ohio State and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Now, and the, then it now was, there's three or four different teams ahead. And Wisconsin was kind of that perennial. Okay, well, you know, they'll get to the Big Ten championship game and then they'll lose by, you know, two touchdowns or a touchdown, whatever. Right. I mean, you just look at the decline from 2019 uh, in 2018, even really onward to this point. You go from being team two, basically. And this was, I think, you know, far enough from Penn State being removed from their sanctions and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Ohio State actually being removed from their sanctions as well. Ohio State was still good even when they were in their sanctions. Right. Whatever. But it was Ohio State versus everybody else, and then it became Michigan. And they took a while to jump with Harbaugh. Yep. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they took probably longer than a lot of people expected. But they're probably going to be in the college football playoff again this year, barring mm-hmm. some sort of meltdown in the Big Ten championship game this year. Um, Ohio State might sneak in as a second Big Ten team, depending on how. Yeah, that that one I'm not so sure about. Depending the fourth, on how the, the fourth team basically, because yeah. Michigan's gonna be the two. Yeah, I mean it's sure. gonna be Georgia, Michigan, probably TCU, then yeah. or USC. Yeah, some TCU could could be. So you've got a window for Ohio State to sneak back in, right? Your team get team gets a loss in one of the. Championship games and Ohio Absolutely. State sneaks in because it's not like their loss was a bad loss. To, I mean, they got to, killed by Michigan, but, but it yeah. was it wasn't to a bad team. I'm right? Saying. It's not like they lost to it's not Liberty. like they, yeah or Illinois. Yeah, you know anybody in conference wise that isn't even close. So we'll see how that breaks down. But so yeah, I like the hire a lot. Um, at the worst case scenario, let's just even if it flops. At least you went for the guy who kind of was the Ohio State heir apparent. He was, I mean, he's a guy who brought Cincinnati to a New Year's Six Bowl game and the college football playoff and back-to-back seasons. Right. Uh, had so many, I mean, you look at just the defensive side of the ball, the NFL Rookie of the Year more than likely is Sauce, Gard- Sauce Gardner, or he's one of, you know, one one of two. 
Right, true. You had all those draft picks that they had over the last couple of years out of Cincinnati. Josiah Aguara too. I mean, he was on those very successful teams mm-hmm. um, for Cincinnati. And they're playing, yes, they're playing a little bit of a weaker regular conference, but they contended with Georgia. Right. Um, the, in the the New Year's Six Bowl they played in. And really, I mean, they weren't a slouch per se in the playoff game either for most of the game. So by all means, like I said, this was a great splash hire that no one saw coming. I feel for some of the players. I feel like they were probably blindsided. Um, but you're going to see a new culture of Wisconsin football to kind of go towards that becoming the standard and getting back on par with the top dogs, the big 10, like you were trending to probably back in 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. Do you, you think there's going to be a lot of transfer guys? I think there's gonna be a lot of transfer guys in and out. For what I, th- it's I, ag- I agree with you there. I think for the first time, we're not going to be afraid to bring guys in. Um, I feel for Graham Mertz the most. I think Graham Mertz was a guy who, on paper, I mean, he he had unreal expectations when he came in because he was the first five-star quarterback. He never got developed. I mean, he came into a system that he wasn't familiar with playing, per se. He was more of a spread quarterback in high school. He had poise. He looked the part of a, you know, NFL pro-style quarterback. He had command of the team. But he didn't have a great offensive system to play in a very conservative offensive scheme yeah. where he's more of a gunslinger. And they never developed him to be anything but that. And then he's had essentially four different play callers this year. Right. He has not had a consistent consistent play caller or should he even say offensive coordinator? Yeah. So and you wonder, you know, people and plus I mean people have been ruthless to this kid. And I know, you know, I've I don't think I've really bashed Mertz personally. Um, I maybe my Twitter is wrong on that, but I think I've been very positive. I've you know to him especially, but people have bashed the dude, whether that be you know his fellow students, people he doesn't ever heard of. You know, I mean that comes with being a quarterback, right? But at the same time, I mean, he's no Alex Moran. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's no Alex Moran. That is, well, we don't know that. We don't know what he's like on campus, but. I mean, he's handled it very well. He's handled it probably better than I would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll still be able to be the first guy to say he was an NIL, signed the first NIL deal. So, Well, he was the first one to come up with his own brand, right. his own logo. Um, so, yeah, I mean, credit to him and credit to, I mean, Wisconsin, for, again, like I said, making, I think, the right pick. Um, I think, you know, there was maybe two, three guys that you hire over Jim Leonard if you have the opportunity to. I think Luke Fickle is one yeah, of those guys. I think you got the, you got the guy that I think could very well turn this around and make well, make it back into a powerhouse. And you look at, I mean, a guy who's very familiar with the Midwest and recruiting in the Midwest. Right. A guy who's very familiar with the layout of the Big Ten, Ohio State guy. He so, picked his school, basically. I mean. He wasn't going to get the Ohio State jobs. So. Now with Ryan Day holding down the fort. Because if you're Ryan Day, you're not leaving Ohio State. Right. So, I mean, he had, he kind of saw that writing on the wall and barring some sort of scandal that were to take place there to boot, to boot him. I mean, right. that job wasn't going to be opening up anytime soon. Right. So why not get in the conference and beat Ohio State, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love the hire. Yeah. I, I really do. I have, I can see where, you know, there's people who are pissed off about it. You know, I feel for Jim Leonard. I think 
you know, I, I hope he gets a either a group of five head coach job somewhere, whether it be Cincinnati or wherever. And then, or I hope maybe he takes the jump. You know, we talk about, we, we can kind of transition here, talk about the Packers, where he was the finalist for the Packers defensive coordinator job that he turned down, and Matt LaFleur and company kind of panicked and went with Joe Barry. Right. Um, you got to figure that job's going to be open up mm-hmm. at the end of the season after Philadelphia had 364, 363 with a kneel down, 360-plus rushing yards last night. Um, in the Packers, let's call it season-ending loss. I mean, yeah, it's it, they got a what one point one percent chance. I don't even know what the exact to make the are, playoffs. So I think it feels that, that way. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have no issue. You know, if that's, if, I hope the best for him. I really do. He's right. a great, he's a great man from all accounts. He's a you know, I think he deserves some sort of job. You know, high-profile job. Just, I'm I'm just not sure he would be like. I, I I don't think he's the head coach. I think he's your DC. Well, that and I just you know if he does want to go the head coach route, you know, and hopefully better results for him than Paul Christ had. But go with Paul Christ route. He went. He had to go. You know, kind of cut his teeth at Pitt and be the head coach there, right? And just get an idea of everything and figure out how to run a program, get the the taste of it, and then go on. I you know I hope. If he's not going to be the defensive coordinator or, um, you know, either for the Packers or the Badgers, that he finds something because he's he's good. He's a great coach. He's a great D.C. Yes, he very well is. I just, you know, I don't think he's a head coach yet. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say he's not a head coach yet. Yep. there you go. And if if the Luke Fickle hiring doesn't work out, which I can't imagine that it won't as of right now. We're hoping it does. Yes. But if it doesn't, then maybe revisit it in however long. Four or five years. Right. Go let him cut his teeth and become a head coach and become that leader that you need in the in everything to get your guys hyped and everything ready to go. And maybe. well, just to get kind of you know get a different taste in the than the quote unquote Wisconsin way. Right. I mean, like I said, you know, we looked at how that impacted the Paul Chris decision and in turn the Jim Leonard decision later. Chris McIntosh doesn't want to go that route. He wants to become the standard in football, and rightfully so. So would you say this is the biggest hire for Wisconsin football since? Probably since Barry Alvarez. That's what I was thinking. And because Barry Alvarez did that same thing. I mean, he came and changed the culture. I mean, he invented the Wisconsin way, right? basically, but he changed the culture. I mean, they were going through coaches and through players. They weren't turning out great pros. They weren't turning out. You know, they were barely getting to bowl games the years that they did. They were abysmal. But it kind of came to a time where seven and five and eight and four, nine and three wasn't good enough anymore. Right. And I think that's fine to admit. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're going to be a team with the notoriety of Wisconsin, and quite frankly, you know, you look at the Big Ten's only going to be expanding, the playoffs are also expanding. Why not go all in? And you know, fight for that expansion, fight for that playoff spot. Sean, what say you? What? <laughs> <laughs> She's shopping again. Uh, I'm not shopping. I'm doing wedding stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, fun. Even, yeah. Even better. Yeah. So what are we talking about? Any parting thoughts on the Jim Leonard versus uh, Luke Fickle? Nope. Just good luck, bud. <laughs> <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. We'll see you next year. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to the Packers. 
And you're going to keep doing wet stuff? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> don't be afraid to chime in. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, Green Bay Packers, <clears throat> like we said, uh, season seems over. Mm-hmm. Um, not for lack of trouble. Last night, I mean, we talked throughout the game, Sean, and yep. they answered almost every punch. I mean, they got down 13 real quick. Real, real it quick. It was six minutes <laughs> in the game. And before the end of the first quarter, they had the lead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were down multiple scores, multiple times. And, again, like I said, they answered every punch. They didn't go down without a fight. I think that's the best they've looked all year, aside from maybe the Dallas game. Yeah, that would be the only game. Maybe the first Bears game, but even that no. was kind of ugly at times. Yeah, but, that was ugly. Um, lots but, of kind of take away from that game, though, too. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, I mean... The rest of the season, you gotta feed the running backs, and that's right. that's your path to win. It showed. I, I think it's your feed your running backs and Christian Watson. Yeah, Christian Watson once again proves he's that guy that you traded up for. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna, you know, I've I've said that enough on these on on this show in the past episodes. I'm beyond happy about how he's working out lately. I, you know, that we all can point to that touchdown catch where he went the 63 yards and. I mean, he was gone mm-hmm. as soon as he turned up. Once he kind of turned that corner. But I think his biggest catch was that fourth down that set up the Randall Cobb touchdown where he took the hit, mm-hmm. held on to the ball. I mean, I think that's just more of a confidence booster than anything. You know, just proving once again, he can do it more than just the speed Marquez Velas Scantling type guy. Right. And I, I love that for him. Um, like I said, I think that's what you saw. When you trade up potentially, when you're trying to trade up to 32 to get back in the first round, and while you end up trading up to 34 to go get them, right? So, absolutely, I think that's a big piece. Um, I would have loved to see Devondre Campbell play last night. Mm. Um, I know that he had mentioned on his show last week that he was trending towards playing. I'm guessing he was a late scratch. I I think so. Yes. Um, I mean, he was inactive at the hour and a half, like when they have to announce the inactives for the the game. Uh, he was marked as inactive, so it's not like he was, you know, up until g- kickoff, but pretty damn close. I mean, he traveled, which mm-hmm. if you guys out, they're not usually traveling. Right. Um, I thought Quay Walker played pretty good. There's a few times he got lost. He looked like yeah. a rookie a couple times last night, but. Also times he was one of the fastest guys on the field chasing down Jalen Hurts and those running backs. I mean. No, when I ask you, Rasul Douglas. Rasul Douglas has not looked great a lot this year but there's other times where he's still a ball hawk so do you think we kind of were too much in the hype of him last year or do you think it's i i think a big thing for him is scheme and i think a lot of it you know you point back to it and i've said it more times than i can count on and i hate the fact that we're still talking about this year in week 12 or yeah week 12 but once again it comes down i think to scheme I think a lot of these guys aren't being put into positions to succeed with the very soft zone they play so frequently. And I think guys are getting torched on it. I, I don't know if it's so much scheme. I feel like he's not an outside corner. That's kind of where I'm going. I feel like he's more your slot corner. And I feel like the, what slot corner, nickel corner kind of thing. Sure. I feel like he's that guy that's going to, how do I want to say this? That he's just going to kind of play in the middle and just 
go get that interception whenever he can. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like the Rodgers threw that interception. Kind kind of that. Sure. The way that safety played played the ball on Rodgers last night, and I I think a lot of this. I don't. I think Jair's overhyped. Really? I that watching the game last night. Um, he's. I'm gonna sound like an old guy, but he's got a bad attitude. Waving at the fans. And I thought that was hilarious, by the way. For what it's worth, but, I thought it was. But then he, he still gets beat. He still get on that. What was that right before they scored their fi- Philadelphia scored their final touchdown? He was. He could have came up and made a hit, but he was expecting to get an interception. So he was just standing there waiting, waiting for the ball instead of going getting the ball. Yeah, I, I, so I will give you that. I think at times his personality gets in the way of his play once in a while. Yes. Um, I will say this though, too, just to kind of defend that. Not necessarily on that play. Well, in that play particularly, actually, I think, I think the fact that again, you know, we saw so many times last night, first and second down, they're playing man. You get third and eight, and you're playing. 12 yards off the ball, you're playing very soft zone coverage, and Jalen Hurts is going to tear you apart. I think that happened in multiple capacities. I think just the running game got a lot more opened up because of the field was so spread out, and yeah. that's why he went off for, what, 150-some yards rushing? I, But on that same point, your zone should be better against that. So I feel like they were playing man most I shouldn't say all the time, but more so the times where Jalen Hurts took off and ran with the ball because you always got guys turning their heads and following their guy instead of, you know, just playing their their zones. Yeah, I I'd have to watch I'd have to go back and watch. Um, Yeah, but I think a lot of I think a lot of the issue and maybe kind of the the Jair element here is that they, you know, in a way you kind of feel constricted by the zone, too. on that play, you know, I kind of remember, I remember watching it and he sat back. Yes, he's kind of, you know, he's expecting the ball, like you said, and mm-hmm. what the TV broadcast said. But another element is he's had to sit back and play in that deep third, too. He he stayed put in his own spots to coming up on the ball. But the linebacker got beat bad, too, to allow that spot, too. Um, yeah, but it's still his zone. So it, it was the it was the pass off point. Mm-hmm. But he, so. I think that's just kind of a lack of chemistry too. Okay. Yeah. And, and again, I think Savage I, Savage going down on one of the first plays of the game kind of hurt, even though I think he's been struggling a lot this year. I think Eric Stokes being hurt last night hurt because I think you move Rasul Douglas to that inside sure. inside corner, and I think you do you do a little bit better. Well, and I'll I'll say this: I think having Devondre Campbell, I mean Quay Walker got beat a few times, but Chris Barnes should not be spying anybody. Right. I mean, Chris Barnes is a downhill runner. Don't get me wrong. Chris Barnes is a downhill linebacker, which nine times out of ten you want. But the one time you don't want it is Jalen Hurts. Right. Exactly. And um, I I told you, or I was talking to you about this last night. Well, at the end of the game, I thought the biggest disappointment was Kenny Clark last night. See, that's a very common. Yes, I I will say last night Kenny Clark. And I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. Th- Put this out there before we get too far into this conversation. I am very biased towards. I love Kenny Clark. Yeah, I know you do. But um, it, both for what he does. I mean, he gets lets me get paid every you know every week from the radio station. I like I said, just bias that's out there. That's part of. 
I think he's a good guy. I think a lot of times he gets put on blast by people who don't know the full game because the stats aren't always there. But when you play that interior defensive lineman, a lot of the times you're just trying to to cause you know clog up space. Yeah, but he didn't do any of that. Right, and that's what I'm saying. That's where I'm going with this. Is so a lot of games he gets a bad rep when he quote unquote plays poorly, unfairly. Last night I think it was deserved. Jason Kelsey made him his bitch. Right. That whole that whole offensive line for the Eagles last night made the whole defensive line their bitch last night. Yeah. It's not even and no two ways about it. And Jason Kelsey, I mean, yeah, like I said, he 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 just wore down Kenny Clark. Mm-hmm. He beat him every single play, it seemed like. So I will agree with you. Last night, Kenny Clark was not good. Yeah. I don't think I think a lot of the criticism is of him is unfair as a whole. Because he doesn't have the amount of tackles he had when he first came out. Um, and he, he was like a rookie in his first contract because he's getting double, triple teamed and he's allowing other guys behind him to make the plays. So I feel for him on that. So why why is Aaron, Aaron Donald still doing that? I mean, you're paying this guy Aaron Donald money. Well, I think part of it is a lot of these other teams, though. I mean, last, look at the Rams last year. You go bring in Von Miller. You go bring in. They had somebody else too. I can't think of who it was though. Yeah. Too, but you you have you bring in guys around them so that you can't triple team one guy. Where with Rashawn Gary being out, I think that's a big factor. Is Rashawn Gary being out of why Kenny Clark might have struggled because you can put more of a focus there. Dean Lowry's not going to scare anybody. I don't think Jaron Reed's probably going to scare many people in the NFL anymore. So when you can pretty much put your singular focus on that one nose tackle and basically speed away from him like they did last night. I mean, Philadelphia running a lot of out. They didn't run a whole lot between the tackles. No, a lot either. of their rushing yards were outside outside the tackles, um, which again, it blocked. They blocked it very well to open that up. But when you can do that and you don't have to worry about Rashawn Gary causing havoc on one end and, even Preston Smith got beat a few times really bad last night, um, just breaking contain. And JJ or Kingsley Ngabare, he's a he's a rookie. He got right. out of position a few times too. Um, I think he's been very good as of late too. And even uh, the new guy Justin Hollins, who came in after being acquired on Thursday of last week, yeah. No, he was acquired this this last Thursday. Oh, he was he acquired, acquired on, on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Day. And he was playing last night because they were, you know, he, they acquired him from the Rams, and they were basically all in last night. Um, but so, it's it still comes down to our defense still can't stop a mobile quarterback, and I think that's what we need to look for. I think in in your new DC, because I'm a, I'm just going under the impression Joe Barry's fired at the end of the year, right? If not before that. Right, and I think a big part of that too. I mean, if you're you know from that element, is if you're going to look at this kind of the landscape of the NFL, you don't have a whole lot of pa- true pocket passers anymore. No, I mean, really, I mean, you kind of did that to yourself in the sense that Aaron Rodgers kind of broke that mold. Where I mean, you have Lamar Jackson, you have a couple guys who are not necessarily run first, but are run first. But a lot of guys are trending more towards what Rodgers did so early on. And even you still see flashes of it where it's get outside the pocket, 
create on the run, but be able to throw off the run too. Right. Um, and be able to take off, take off and take, get, get a first down, first down, 10 yards, it. whatever. So in a way you kind of did it to yourself, but that's what the NFL has become. Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen, I mean, he's kind of a special case for this, but yep. Josh Allen can run. Justin Herbert can run. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Um, Derek Carr's quick mm-hmm. when, it, when mm-hmm. he needs to be. Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins, I don't know if I put him in that conversation, but even. You put him in the Derek Carr conversation. Yeah, I suppose. Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Tua. Tua. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Jalen Hurts didn't have to throw much. I mean, he he ended up having some. I don't remember exactly what his passing yards were, but when you have 160 rushing yards, right? Because it's there. Because what was it? He was the first guy for 150 and 150. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Something like uh, absurd, but, but you know what I'm saying. Like this whole, this whole stay in the pocket, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Yeah, it, it's not a thing anymore. You see it at the college game, and it's kind of finally started to trickle to the NFL. Truly, where you're not going to have a whole lot of pocket passers. Truly, no. And eventually, that probably will trend the other way. I don't. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's going to stay like this. And I guess probably until somebody gets hurt doing it. Nobody's gotten hurt like. Who am I thinking of? RG three. Yeah. But even I mean, you look. You can kind of look at that draft going backwards, and even Andrew Luck. I mean, yes, he was running for his life a lot, but. He he was mobile enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you kind of saw that wave going that way at that time too. Right. Where in some you have to be mobile enough. And maybe we'll get to a point where you can scheme it and keep the guys in the pocket more. And you might trend that way, but I think it'll be a long time coming. Yeah, I think so too. Because I think, you know, you're not going to you're going to have some sort of re- reversion to the mean like you're not going to have Josh Allen being a team leading rusher every year. No, gosh no. And I, I don't, I don't think like Jalen or well, Jalen Hurts might be the most sustainable, but I don't think like Kyler Murray or um, Lamar Jackson are long term sustainable. I mean, just from what we've seen, Jalen Hurts squats six hundred pounds. Well, right, that's what I'm saying. I think he's the that, that's absolutely insane. Yeah, but I think he's maybe like one of the first ones to kind of break that. Him and Josh Allen are going to break that mold. Mm-hmm. Tua is going to possibly break that mold. So that's kind of where I'm at with last night's game in, in terms of defensively. Uh, offensively, like I said, run the ball. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs when he's healthy. Um, hats off to Randall Cobb. I mean, he. I can't imagine. I mean, I hope if Aaron Rodgers is back next year, I think Cobb might be back next year yet. But, I, you know, he kind of, if this is kind of it for him, I think he's going off on a high enough note. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy Watkins is not going to be back next year. I can't imagine that. <laughs> Did he even catch a ball last night? I don't think he was targeted last night. Right. I can't remember seeing him run a route last night. I remember seeing him run one route. No, it was but, um, Very, I think even Alan Lazard kind of got passed up last night. I think he only had one or two catches. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little surprised that they haven't gone to Tunyon more. And I don't know if that's just because he's not getting open or if they're having to use him blocking more because of how... The offensive line has been. I think that's more of what it is, is that he's he's blocking so much more than... But I, I didn't even notice that till last night. Yeah. That he's been so out of the passing game for what they could slash should use him for. Um, 
your running backs played their their best game of the year easily. AJ Dillon was phenomenal mm-hmm. last night. You kind of were waiting for this all season, and right. you kind of hope that he's kind of. I don't know, figured it out or if they just kind of found a good enough rotation to be the true change of pace. Because I think they've been searching for that all year. Right. Um, I think that kind of brings us to the elephant in the room on the quarterback situation. And why we did the backup draft and we talked about Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think Jordan Love looked great last night for what it's worth. You know, in context, I think he was playing a lot of, not all, but a lot of off coverage. I mean, it was late in the game. They're up two scores. I don't think you were seeing but even the still. A looks from Philadelphia, the game plan looks, but you were but seeing they had a lot of injuries last night too. So maybe they were, they were, they were kind of running all that all night more so than, yeah. Than just the end of the game. Right. And I mean, he had some, he had some big time throws that you need to make. I mean, the one that ended up being an incompletion to Aaron Jones was a dime on the spot right. on the sideline. That's exactly what you want to see. And for what it's worth, I've, I know I've come on this show and defend Aaron Rodgers very heavily. I don't think it's because Jordan Love is bad. I want to be very clear on that. I, I am rooting for Jordan Love. I think of all the people on this podcast have probably been the most in favor of Jordan Love, at least between Rams and Justin. I think that's a very fair statement. That I'll agree. Um, I like Jordan Love a lot as an athlete. I think he's improved every single year. I think we saw a lot of what we saw last night in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and people didn't want to talk about it back then. Right. So... I think in that element, um, I'm very excited for him to continue developing. And I hope that, you know, if, if either this would be Rogers last year or, you know, we see, you know, whatever, whatever route he ends up going. I wish nothing but be- good luck to Jordan Love, um, whether that be in Green Bay or not, because we're kind of coming up on a critical juncture. If you're going to fifth year option him, I can't imagine that you won't right. because you see him every day in practice. And for what it's worth, he's taking the number one snaps on Wednesdays because of the thumb injury. So, yeah. And that's what I think people weren't realizing last night. Everybody was all, oh, he hasn't played with the ones. He hasn't played with the ones. He is taking Rodgers rest days and practicing with the ones. So that's why he was able to look as, I mean. Crisp. Uh, yeah, as crisp as he, as he did. I mean, he was hitting people in stride. He was. I mean, the. the the Watson touchdown, Watson did a lot of work on it, like to, to score on it, but it was a great read on the route. It was mm-hmm. a crisp decision-making, you know, the crisp decision-making, crisp throw. So, I mean, he set himself up for that touchdown. I'm glad he got rewarded with that touchdown. Right. Um, I, th- I think the the bigger throw that people really aren't talking about is, the I think it was the one before that to Alan Lazard. On the sideline. On the sideline. Yeah. That was a dart. For a first down. For a first down. I mean, I I thought he looked really good. I, I really did. So we already know, so this isn't breaking news, but we know that per Matt LaFleur today, it is reported that Aaron Rodgers is going to play if he's able to. And I'm kind of torn on this. So first of all, I want to go, I, I think Aaron Rodgers played very well last night, um, aside from the two interceptions. But I think... One, you know, you look one at one with a bounce ball yeah. that got off a helmet, then off somebody else, then intercepted. After looking at the second one more, I, I, I don't know if Mason has this as one of his plays. I haven't looked at the videos yet. Um, but I know that, like, Amazon has the 
the like sky cam or whatever not the sky cam but like they have like the the x's and o's basically yeah. layout where they diagram the play they stat stat cast yeah that's, that's what, what i was looking for um i can see i know you were very critical of that interception there's two elements i can see to it first i think it was a great coverage by the safety it was um he backed it like he was trying like i think he rogers might have thought he was going to take that outer third where Watson looked like he was about to break to and play that corner route, which the Packers run great corner routes. Um, and I think that they were kind of setting that up. So I think, you know, when you see him backpedaling, I think you put yourself in a position of, okay, that's that look. And when he throws it, he's still in the, the back. Like, I don't think he's even hit the back step of his backpedal yet no. before he broke on the ball. So I think that's one element of it. Um, the flip side of that, and as a person on Twitter actually said, because I tweet about that, that was my initial take on it last night. Uh, per, and I don't know if they listen, but at Advice Superflex, Superflex Advice, um, pointed out that Davis ran the wrong route. He didn't run it sharp enough. Which, kind of taking that element into it, you know, looking at the play diagram, if Davis runs that, because where Tunyon runs behind him, and this is making probably terrible podcasting, but go, you know, if you follow me, go to add big EWDUZ on Twitter. And I have the kind of the, the breakdown of it. Robert Tunyon is basically right on Tyler Davis's ass. Like they're both running a cross route. So with that in mind, if Davis runs that flat, he probably catches it about four yards more shallow. And it's probably a catch at the first down line where Tunyon's running a deep cross route as well. And again, they're basically parallel. Yeah. But you, you can't guarantee that you can't guarantee that at at all. No, I'm just saying from the play design and Rogers, like I said, I think when you're anticipating, I can see it from that aspect. Like I said, I think it's a combination of the two. I think he expected that safety to drop to the third because he's trying, you know, if you look at from where he starts, to where he like backpedals sideways. It looks like he was trending that way too. Yeah. So I can definitely see that. And then you're anticipating maybe Davis to cut that up a little more sharp too. But you, you got to think that was a backup safety last night too. Yeah, it was a hell of a play. I mean, it it wasn't the best decision. And I think he, he thought he had it from the beginning and he, he just anticipated it. And he had... He he gets wrong. He's been he's been through it so many times. He shouldn't be doing that. That's that's why I, I thought it was one of those things. That, yeah, you can blame the guy that like he ran the wrong route. You can do this. You can do that. But it's still it's still on him. Yeah, and I will also say again, just not this isn't excusing it. Um, this is coming from another Packers Twitter account that I saw, and I I didn't. I kind of agree with it too. You've seen enough of a revolving door at your skill positions where you don't necessarily have that chemistry. So when you're running that blind, again, probably he's probably shouldn't have thrown that to Tyler Davis. Right. I don't disagree with that, but when you don't have that chemistry and you're throwing it blind because of your, your a lacking that, that chemistry and your B you're expecting him to do something. You're expecting a coverage to do something else as well. I mean, it's a bad look all the way around, mm-hmm. but I, I can excuse it. Like I said, I think he got beat. Yeah. It happens. 
I mean, look at how many. I mean, we talk about the interception numbers being high, the highest since 2015, and close to his career high. But at the same time, you know, you can kind of look at how many times a, a you know in the past has he had guys drop interceptions, too, where he gets beat on a throw, the guy just doesn't come up with it, right? Um, and those obviously don't go as an interception in the stat book. So, guy made a hell of a play. He got beat. Is what it is. Um, I do want to ask both of you. So, so can I just, I'm going to give Sean a little heads up here. I just got one more thing. The special teams last night with Keyshawn Nixon returning punts, I thought was very good too. Keyshawn Nixon, I think, was going to bust one before the end of the year. I think so too. Um, he was very close two or three different times. Three last times night. last night. He had two returns over 50 yards, and I think a second one for 40 some or a third one. Even though he muffed the first one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to bust one before the end of the year. I really do. And he had He's, a pretty pretty good hit on defense, too. So, staying with the quarterback conversation, like I said, Packers announced they're going to start Jordan Love, or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers over Jordan Love if, if Aaron Rodgers can play. Shauna, Sean, and myself, what would you do if you're Matt LaFleur? you got to start Jordan Love. Your season's over. You'd... You got to see what you have. I agree. See you later, Rogers. Your time's done. So, I have I have three. Oh, jeez, we got three. Oh yeah. God. Well, I have three scenarios. I, I kind of want to ask you guys. Scenario one is if you know Rogers is back in the fold next year. Do no. you do no. you start? No. Hold on, just do you start Jordan Love to see what you have. Or do you think it's more important to build chemistry with the young receivers, aka Watson, Dobbs, Torre, etc.? I think you gotta you gotta trim the fat. See you later, Raj. Just keep you on the bench. Ride the bench. You sucked. Your season's over. Let's build the chemistry. Let's build the new offense. See ya, Sean. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm with you. I think you got to trade Rodgers at the end of the season. Really? If he doesn't retire. Really? Yeah, we're done. Yep. The you, stories are the story. The it's it's getting too uh, political with him now. Like with the ayahuasca stuff, he's it, the thumb. Uh, there's it. It's not even about football anymore. It's just about oh Aaron Rodgers, whatever. No, see you later. Ride the bench the rest of the season. Maybe the the answer is not Jordan Love either. So keep losing, get a better draft pick, draft a quarterback. I don't I don't know if the later. answer isn't Jordan Love. I mean, from what we saw in a very limited sample size last night, I feel a lot more confident about Jordan Love than I have at any point in the last three seasons. I'd rather go get somebody else. I wouldn't go get somebody else, but you got to see what. I mean, you took a first round pick on this guy, so. So here's. I'm going to disagree. I don't think you trade him. And, and there's one. Because Eric loves Aaron Rodgers. No. The, all the listeners know this. We know this. We don't have to rehash it. We you, do, though. You get, you, get the, a Russell, contract, you get a Russell Wilson type haul back from somebody. But the con- you're not trading him. The contract here, I think, lays out where he's playing next year. And here's why. <sighs> I looked at, This is per spot track. I looked this up today. This year, his cap hit is only $28 million. Next year it's thirty-one with a dead cap hit of ninety-nine million. 
So if you end up trading him or whatever, you're eating a lot of cap. Now, granted, it's not going to be that full $99 million in one year. But that's a lot of dead cap for someone who's not going to be playing for you if you trade him. Don't care. See you later. Or release him. Don't care. But where it gets interesting is the 2024 season where his cap hit is $40 million with a dead cap of only $24 million. And the year after, if he were to keep playing, be $59 million cap hit with only $16 million in dead cap. So with that in mind, where the contract situation is what it is, what I personally would do, I think I think you guys are right, actually. I think that you start, at the very least, you start Jordan Love this week against Chicago, and you go into your bye. Get healthy Jordan, for Jordan Love weeks. should have been starting since the London game. Yep. Probably with a broken thumb. I don't entirely disagree with you. But I think Aaron Rodgers, even with the broken thumb, was better than... I still think he's probably better than what Jordan Love was. Yeah, but Jordan Love probably has chemistry with the guys. Which Aaron Rodgers doesn't. Aaron Rodgers has chemistry with Lazard and Randall Cobb. Cobb. That's it. He doesn't have chemistry with the other guys. And he gets, he, cra- he gets crabby with them if they don't catch the ball. But they're young guys, so that's what you have to expect. But he's expecting more out of them and whatever. And so let Love go in, play around with your guys. Let's start rebuilding. I'm sick of the Aaron Rodgers stories again. See you later, dude. Trade him. Goodbye. All right. That's it. That's that's literally what okay. more can you say? So what do you Okay, just hypothetical you start Jordan Love after the London game. You think we could be any worse? We can't be any worse. If anything, we might be better. You I mean it's possible. I I don't think you're any worse. No, exactly. So But why? I don't I don't think at that point in the season where you're what? At the London game that was like week 6. Yeah, six or seven. You're, you're three and or f- you're four and two at that point. No, you weren't four and two at that time. They had lost the Vikings week one. They beat the Bears week two. They beat the Bucks. The Bucks week three. They beat the Patriots week four. They went to London week five. So they were three and one. Yeah, so you're three and one. You come back, you're three and two. Okay, you come back, you're three and two. Rogers has a broken thumb. Right. I mean, you maybe don't win the Dallas game, but that would be about it. You have a shot at winning in every other game. I mean, you got a shot at beating the Lions, you got a shot at beating the Commanders. I mean you gotta look at it that way. Well, I opinion. think in all those games except the Jets game, you had a shot winning them with a broken thumb Rogers. Two. I I, mean, I think I mean, but his thumb held him held up. I think held the offense back. I don't disagree with that either. I'm not. I, I think from where you were at the time, like you said, if you're going to point that game as the one, you're three and two, and you have a long stretch till you're by. I think maybe you. I'd even say maybe you start him the week after London. I can't. Was it the Jets? Start him at the, against the Jets at home. I think so. Sure, I'm fine with that. You know, see where the thumbs at. Let it recover. Maybe you get your doors blown off that game. Maybe you don't. I mean, they did anyway. Right. Um, but and then you kind of reevaluate. You let it. I mean, it's not going to fix itself in a week anyway. He he should have had surgery. Probably. He should have had the 
same thing Dak Prescott had. Should and then have he's back surgery. in four weeks. Yep, four or five weeks. Yeah, I don't entirely disagree with that. I would have been okay with that. And I and once again, I don't think you're any worse off than where you are right now. And now and now he would be or what would that be? Week ten, week ten, week eleven. Yeah. So this week, last week, two weeks ago, you'd have a hundred percent healthy Rodgers. Jordan Love's not playing good. Put him back in. Love's playing good. You you might put him back in, but you never know. I don't disagree entirely. I still think, and granted, the injury makes it hard because I think I really think the injury is a lot bigger factor in a lot of it too. That's I mean that's literally your your grip. Uh, that's literally your grip on the ball. Yeah. So then thumb. why why is why is he playing? I think the people at twelve sixty five, right or wrong or indifferent, thought he was better than what they had in Jordan Love any given week. On one start. On any given week. I, I think that's what they thought. Right or wrong or indifferent, I think that was the feeling in the building. I don't know. That's why. I'm, I'm not saying that that's my take on it, but I think that's... No, that is your take on it. Don't don't say that it's not because that is. No, because honestly, you have been up Aaron Rodgers' butt the last how many weeks? Oh, he's so good. He has a broken thumb, but look how good he is. Oh, he's having his best game ever. His down years the best. No, that is your take on it. So don't sit here and tell me that it's not. But I'm just saying. The the person at 1440 and De Pere also thinks on any given day. Aaron Rodgers is better than what they had in love. That's what you think. I mean, I do think so. I think Aaron Rodgers, the <laughs> four-time MVP, the reigning back-to-back MVP, you give the benefit of the doubt. Uh, he's clearly not deserved it. Yeah. What do you mean he hasn't deserved it? He doesn't deserve it. This season, he's been total garbage. Because he's a broken thumb. No. You can't blame it on the injury, Eric. You absolutely can. <laughs> you can't. You don't have a grip. Your grip on the ball is off. Then don't play. Then don't play. Look, that's not his decision okay, though either. No, look that's at, the look at it this way. Too. Look at it. Look at it this way. Dak got Dak got hurt with thumb injury. Uh, yeah. Went and had surgery. Yep. And look at him now. He's playing playing at a Pro Bowl level. Right, but that's got to be somebody in twelve sixty five that tells him that that's the way it's going to go. I'm just done with you. I am too. I'm, I'm just done with you. I'm like so tired of this. Because you flipped your script so much in the past, like, in the past week. Yep. That now you, oh, I, we can start Jordan Love. It's okay, guys. I, you, I last, after last, last week, night, last, last week, week no, you were no, so no, like, no, no, absolutely no, 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 not. Run yeah, the yeah. tapes. Run yeah, the tapes. Abs- absolutely not. I'm not. I'm, I'm allowed not to start, change I'm my not, opinion. I'm with not new benching my four four time MVP quarterback for a guy who's unproven. Anything that way. <laughs> With new information, Aaron Rod- allowed to change Aaron Rodgers was unproven when he started behind Brett Favre, and look what we got. Yeah. And it was 15 years almost to the day. You guys are going to be so sorry when we get rid of Aaron Rodgers. You are going to be sorry. Gonna- Aaron Rodgers is never going to be appreciated. No enough. one is saying that Aaron Rodgers didn't give us good football. No one is saying that. But what we're saying is this year, he's done. He but needs I, to be done. I don't Everyone I don't is disagree. sick of the story. What story? The story of, oh, his thumb, oh, the drugs, oh, whatever the heck else he's yeah, got where, going on. where was the ayahuasca last night when he got hurt? Right. I mean, 
that's not what ayahuasca does. It makes you see things and have more lucid well, mind. Well, if, if he's if he's doing that, he should have seen the guy th- ready for the interception. Yeah. Maybe he did. Maybe that's why he threw it. Oh my god. Because just just all think, I'm gonna say. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> the two turnovers. That's 14 points on the board. Yeah, but Philadelphia didn't score off either one of them. Eric. I'm just saying. Philadelphia didn't score. Green Bay got turnovers, both of them. Oh, my God. Even still. Do you see what we are saying? Or are you just totally, like, blind and you're just not listening? No, I do see it. He's not listening to us. No, he's not because he's like, oh. No, I do see it. And that's why I'm saying, like, I do think Jordan Love should start this week. And I think after last night, I'm more impressed with Jordan Love. And I think, you know, like Sean said, I think that's a very good element to look at in hindsight. Where we are now, in hindsight, that probably would have been a good idea. But where we were on a week-by-week basis, I think Aaron Rodgers at even 80% is probably as good, if not better, than Jordan Love. Once again, how do we know this? Because it's what happened. Okay, so uh, six minutes of a game changed your mind completely? Yeah, it did. I, we saw on tape last night. I'm more comfortable with it. And given where the season is, I'm on team start Jordan Love this week. Go to the bye week. Can so, I just say real quick? I just wish this was a video show because your face was so crabby. I have new information, but I'm not the one making these decisions at Lambeau. Yes, but what? you're the one defending these decisions. Right. I'm understanding these decisions. I'm analyzing these decisions. But like Sean said, six minutes changed your whole entire argument from the last, what, seven weeks? It's not even changing my argument. I still would have gone back and probably probably started Aaron Rodgers on a week-by-week basis. But Play if, the tape back. You if, just said in hindsight on, it on, probably would have been better. In I, I'm red right now on the volume because I'm so angry at you. But in hindsight... In, in, no, in hindsight, no, 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 no. Just he, he's flipped his script you, 180 from last week. In hindsight, week. you're probably from right. From last week and from five minutes ago, you in literally hind- said we should have started him. In hindsight and with perspective, you're probably right. However, given that he didn't have the surgery and that he was available to play any given week, he's probably better than Jordan Love. And that's what I'm saying. It's not flipping the script, it's not switching the narrative. It's just what ha- it's an, an analyzing the situation as it happened. All it took was six minutes for you to flip your script. I'm not flipping my script at all. Yes, you are. Yes, the, what the, am I flipping? Because what last week, different? last week, if we would have if if we would have said we should have put Jordan Love in, you would have been like, no, there's no way that he's even that good. Why would we give him any confidence over our four time MVP quarterback? And now this week, you're saying after six minutes of play, you're saying, yep, we should have put him in. Should have started because the Because of the injuries, Sean brought up a very good point. I'm giving credit to Sean for the Dak Prescott comparison. Get the surgery. Should have happened. But he said that how many weeks ago? Sean said that same thing how many weeks ago? And you're like, absolutely not. 80% Again, Aaron Rodgers is better than. Analysis of what happened versus what should have happened. <sighs> but what I also would say <laughs> is Jordan Love should absolutely start this week. Oh, my God. Let Rodgers get healthy, whether that be you think he's coming back next year and you want to get him some chemistry for those final three games or whatever, or 
if you think this is it, I think you can go out on the, on a high road. Let Jordan Love have the Bears, and then hit the bye, and then decide from there. Okay, scenario. Jordan Love's one's out. He play he play. Rogers is hurt rest of the year. Ribs are ribs are broke. Whatever. Oblique oblique ribs. I don't remember what it was. I think uh, it was ribs. It's efficient as injured designation as ribs, but it was oblique last night. So out for out for the year. Sure. Out for the rest of the year. Sure. Jordan Love comes in, beats the Bears. Hits the bye. Hits the bye. Who who we got after that? Rams on Monday Night Football. So you got you beat the Rams. Dolphins on Christmas Day. You maybe lose to the Dolphins. And then Vikings and Lions. Vikings, I think, aren't gonna have anything to play for. And then the Lions at home. And then the Lions. Which you don't don't know what you're gonna have with them. Sure. He goes four and one, three two. He wins as many ga- almost as many games as Rodgers in five weeks. That sure. Rodgers did in 12. Do you let Rodgers walk? Given the contract status, no, not next year. Unless he retires. <laughs> you don't trade. Given the contract, okay. with the cap okay. with the cap hit being what it is. I don't, okay. Unless you can no, restructure. No. Just fuck as the, it fuck is the right cap now. hit. No, you can't fuck oh, the cap hit. Oh, Sean's swearing. You can't, you I, can't I, fuck I, the cap hit. I don't, I don't care, but just... This is Eric right now. This I isn't, understand that. This isn't salary cap. This isn't anything. This is you. No, it's Madden. Salary cap's off. Okay. It's just a yes or no question. It's a yes or no question. I'm still starting Aaron Rodgers next oh year if he wants to play. Oh, my gosh. Why? Because he's still got it when he doesn't have a broken thumb. He's played through a broken thumb. He's played through a broken leg. Eric, what has he done this year that's shown you that he's still got it even without his thumb? He still has the best deci- some of the best decision making, some of the best precision on the balls. Two weeks ago, Sean, <laughs> <laughs> what were we saying? This is a conversation you and I had during the Buffalo game and ver- during the Dallas game. When he's when he was slinging, even with the broken thumb, he's still one of the top three quarterbacks to ever do it with his decision making, with his where he could put the ball on any given throw. I'm not disagreeing you with you on that. That's why you keep him around. In in taking the salary cap out of it, let's just say he gets healthy this offseason between the thumb, the ribs, whatever. If you can come in next year with another year of these receivers that he's comfortable with, he's already shown that he proved. He, he doesn't play in the preseason. He doesn't, he doesn't practice. He doesn't have to, though. He does, but you've how already do you get seen, the chemistry? Because he's already getting it this season with, with Torrey, with Dobbs, with Watson. You've, he's still got Tunyon around. But you can tell he doesn't have it. The only chemistry he has is with Lazard and, and Randall Cobb and Absolutely maybe Tunyon. Not. He's got it with Watson. No, he doesn't. No, Absolutely he, doesn't. he does. No, he doesn't. Because he's not going to him every time like he would Devontae. He's not he going to him every time. fourth and eight. He's not, the Randall Cobb touchdown. He's not. Okay, great. But he's not going to them like consistently like he would with Jordy. He or with five touchdowns to Christian Watson the last two weeks. Watson has on, still only had, what, 10 receptions in the last three weeks. Still five touchdowns. I, I don't care about the touchdowns. Eric, you, I'm all just saying, you do is make excuses. For I'm just saying game. if he, and taking the cap hit out of it, whatever, if he is healthy and under contract, I'm absolutely playing him next year. If he wants to be here, if he retires, great. I, I wish him the best, but if he wants to play next year, he's absolutely starting in my book. 
Okay, whatever. Yep, we're done. I'm done with you. All right. Your choice. Done with you. You're wrong, but I'm just, I'm done. Yep. Time for picks. Now that everyone's crabby. <laughs> Everybody but Eric. Yeah. I'm Eric's not, like, ooh, Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. I'm not even Aaron Rodgers. I'm just giving you guys analysis. That's what I'm here for. Well, it's stupid analysis, and it's also wrong, so. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So. <laughs> Can we have, like, a guest person come on and just, like, put you also in your place? That's not me or Sean, because clearly we're not doing it. We'll get Mason Sprangers to agree with me. No, not him. <laughs> not him. All right. Uh, week 13 coming up. Uh, Thursday Night Football, we got Bills at the Patriots, Buffalo by five. Sean, we know your pick. Yep, Bills. Bills. Yeah, I'm going Bills also. Sunday, uh, Packers, Bears, Packers by three. Uh, I'm going to go Bears. Yep, Bears. I think they can't stop Justin Fields and Justin Fields on the same day that Jalen Hurts had. We don't know if Justin Fields is going to be playing, though. That's the only thing. And we also know that Mooney is out for the rest of the year. Not that it makes a huge difference. No. <sighs> Doesn't matter. Packers suck. If I knew about Justin Fields, I'd say Bears. I'm going to say Packers because we don't know the status of Justin Fields yet. And I would say he's probably not playing because of how far back he was set against where he didn't play against the Jets. You have this unwavering faith in the Packers that's almost just like <laughs> sickening. It's not even faith. It just I don't think Justin Fields is playing, and I don't think the backup quarterback is that good. Who is the backup quarterback? You don't even know. I don't know, but it's not Justin Fields. If Justin Fields is playing, the Bears win this game. I'm gonna say that. I want I I want that noted. Nope. You pick the Packers. It's in ink. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Steelers Falcons. Uh, no odds in that game because the Steelers are in action as we speak. They are up on the Colts, sixteen to three right now, though. I'm going Steelers. One Falcons. Steelers. Jaguars, Lions. Lions by one. Mm, Jaguars. Jaguars. I'll go Lions. Jets, Vikings. Vikings only by three. Only by three. I'm I'm actually gonna go Jets anyways. I'm gonna go Vikings. Um, who's quarterback of the Jets? Mike White. It was. What a, time are we playing? This is a noon game. The Vikings. <laughs> Commanders, Giants, uh, Washington by two and a half. Giants. Taylor Heineke's going to be buying some new Jordans again. Blue, red, and white. Give me the Commanders. Sean picked Giants. Yep. Mm, Giants. That's because you're pissed at me. <laughs> Titans, Eagles, uh, Philadelphia by five and a half. Ooh. Uh, Eagles. Even though I really don't like that because I think the Titans could pull it off. I think Titans are going to cover this. Give me the Titans. Derrick Henry's mm. going to eat them up. Oh, that's true. Derrick Henry. Shauna uh, needs Derrick Henry this week. Yeah, I do. Titans. Uh, Broncos, Ravens. Ravens by eight. Ravens. Even though they didn't look very good against the The Broncos are still look worse. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Ravens as well. Um, I don't love that spread, though. 
No, eight's a big number, but... Same. Ravens. Browns, Texans, Cleveland by seven with Deshaun Watson being back. He's officially activated today. Right. Who's who's projected? Cleveland by seven. Oh, that's a, that's a big scandalous week. I'm going to pick the Texans just because I think, and this is probably wrong because the Texans suck, correct? Yeah, yeah they're one, nine, and one. But I think that the pressure of the return. Because it's in Houston, and, right? It's in Houston. And all of that garbage, that's got to get to them mentally. Um, so I'm going to go Texans. I think Texans are going to come up buzzing, but I think I think on the opposite spectrum, I think Deshaun Watson's going to say, hey, shut up, I'm ready to play football. Browns are going to come out and dominate this game. I I think I agree with you. I think well, I don't I don't think Watson's going to do good, but I think Nick Chubb's going to have a big game. I forget about him. Seahawks Rams. Seahawks by by eight. By eight. Do we know if Stafford's playing or there was? So I, we don't know if he's playing, but I did read yesterday he's potentially out the rest of the year. Oh, really? That concussion. Well, you're three and eight. I, I mean, suppose. And so if it's a nasty enough concussion, you might as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Seahawks. Right? Seahawks? Yep, Seahawks. Yeah. I'm also going Seahawks. Same. I don't like that spread, though. The Rams really don't have anybody. The Rams got killed yesterday, too. That's true. Again. By who? The Chiefs. Oh, yeah. The Chiefs covered the 15 or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Dolphins, 49ers, San Francisco by three and a half. This might be the best game of the weekend. It's America's game of the week, probably. No, it is not. Oh, it's still a noon game. No, it's a three oh five. It's so it's like a noon local kick. Oh, that'd be the game of the week. You'd think so, but no, there. I think it's gonna be Chiefs Bengals. Going which Jimmy. Is the game after this. I'm going Jimmy G. Jimmy. Um, he's still playing, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> he's playing the rest of the year. Oh, fantastic! Trey Lance broke his ankle. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm also going 49ers. I'm gonna go Dolphins. That's going to be a good game, though. I wish that game was yeah, on nationally. Yeah, I wish that game was on TV. But the game that will be America's Game of the Week, technic- well, no, not technically, because it's it's on CBS, not Fox, but uh, Chiefs-Bengals uh, with Kansas City being a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Chiefs. Chiefs all the way. Joey. <laughs> I think Jamar Chase is supposed to come back next week, yep, so I'm going to go is. Bengals. We don't know about the status of Pirine or of uh, Mixon if, or if it's going to be Pirine. Um, I don't think it matters, though. No, I don't think so either. Can we pause this uh, little pick em session? You just made me remind me of something. I'm going to give Eric a noogie because he didn't think I could win my fantasy football all by myself. He asked me on Sunday straight up, did you talk to Sean this week? Did he help you out? Well, I said, no. Sean he goes, was... how did you do that? How did you, how, how did you get so many points? Sean was taunting me. First of all, I said that before the games on Sunday, um, as trash talk to get in your head. But also, because <laughs> Sean was talking shit about how he's going to give you advice. I, I was going to. But you didn't. No, and I didn't. And look at me. I'm winning by a lot. So You're winning by a lot? Yes, I am. I have like 118 right now, and my tight end is... You're projected for this week's week one of our two playoff weeks. So we have two-week playoffs. Yeah. You're projected to win by 12. Okay. Of To lead by 12. Excellent. Still, all you got to say is I did this all by myself. And the fact that you even thought that I was asking for help is insulting. Because so what inspired this whole thing was I was going to tell you to pick up P. Ryan. Ah, he picked it up and instead. I seen he picked him up because I'm like, 
oh, that'd be Shauna doesn't have a running back. I'm like, that'd be the perfect guy for her to pick up in case Mixon's out. Yep. If any of our listeners want to help me out that are not in the playoffs to give me your running back, that would be superb. Justin, maybe Justin. Collusion. <laughs> maybe I'll pick up Justin. Justin, Justin would work together with me, I think. That's collusion. I don't care. The commission will not allow he's it. He's the commissioner, so uh, he has the right to veto every trade. Would you veto the trades? Yes, he would. Just would. out of spite. I don't think I would. Yes, you would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go on record saying I would not. He has the, he I'd has have the, the power right to do, do so. that. Yeah, he has the power. But I would not. Yes, you would. Just I wouldn't. Yes, you would. Don't oh. even. <laughs> Kim, okay, well, whoever wins, let's knock Eric out of commissioner spot. No, he can still do the commissioner. We're but just going to change all the rules. We're just going to change all the rules. Perfect. All right. All right. Back to picks. Sorry. <laughs> We're at like two and a half hours already. So oh, dear. Uh, Chargers, Raiders, uh, Chargers by two. Give me the Chargers. Chargers. Same. Uh, Sunday Night Football, we've got Cowboys and Colts. No. I don't know. What the, there's no spread yet because the Colts are playing, but it's going to be the Cowboys. Yeah, it's the boys. Yeah, Cowboys. And then in probably the worst Monday Night Football game of the week, uh, of recent, well, this week's probably not great either, but Saints, Buccaneers, uh, Bucks by three and a half. Saints. Did they get shut out yesterday? They did, but Saints always beat the Bucks. Yeah, I'm going Saints too. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. Okay. And then, so that gives us two. How many college games we got to pick? Trace. Three. All right. Um, let's go. So we got we got championship games this weekend. Yeah, do Big Ten. Uh, we'll do the Big Ten championship game, which is Purdue and Michigan, or Purdue and Michigan, um, which is Michigan by sixteen and a half. Michigan. Michigan. Same. Uh, we'll do. Holy shit. Uh, LSU and Georgia. Which is the SEC championship? Georgia by seventeen and a half. Georgia. I'm also going Georgia. LSU. And then Georgia. we'll do the Big Twelve championship, which is Kansas State and TCU and TCU by two and a half. Oh, TCU. TCU only by two and a half. Yeah. What's Kansas State's record then? They're at nine and three, the twelfth in the country. Oh, really? I'm gonna go TCU. I want to. I'm thinking I'm gonna go Kansas State just to be different here, and for the reason that I think they're playing to be spoiler for TCU. So, so that they get to Ohio State and back into the playoff. That's all the reason you're Ohio State fan. It's okay. I'm not an Ohio State fan, but oh, I it's hate okay. Ohio State. It's okay. All right, uh, real quick. Uh, any quick any bars that we got this week, or what's our bar of the week? Sean, pick another Sheboygan one. Uh, <laughs> Sheboygan bars. Oh, uh, the uh, Fat Cow, downtown Sheboygan Falls. Um, it's changed hands many times, but the Fat Cow is what it is now. It's a nice little place for food and drink and just a nice little time. They have a nice little fish fry uh, by that look. 
maybe not so many stars. <laughs> Only four stars, according to Google. Oh, well, you well, know. This is our lowest it, rated it one. A, it is a Sheboygan point, bar. It is a Sheboygan. Yeah. Well, Sheboygan Falls, too. Oh, so. Yeah, okay. so 4.1 is the official rating. Our lowest rated bar on here. Oh. So. Uh, 324 reviews. Um, and it is at 406 Broadway Street, Sheboygan Falls. And let's check out the reviews. So I've never been there. Uh, very positive. The first one here. 15 of us walked in to this restaurant on June 28th, 2021 without reservation. We got in and found two young people, one at the bar and one attending customers. These two kids acted better than most seasoned professionals uh, would have. The young lady kept up with uh, who was attending our other customers, took our orders, kept up with our loud and hungry drunkard group. She made us laugh and laughed at our stupid jokes. The food was great, but the young folks working at this place are a special breed. We are back at the office, still talking about the experience. Inside jokes from our dinner outing. Uh, well done. Five stars of help. The Hawks won the game. What's really nice, though, is the bar there is really big. So, like, even if it is busy, you can usually get a spot at the bar, which I really do like. Mm -hmm. I hate standing. Uh, another review here. Another five-star review. Uh, went to the Fat Cow after a long, hard day to be sad and distant. I was immediately instructed to join the small group of regulars, and I'm sure glad I did. The patrons, bartender, and owner made me feel so welcome and had me laughing within minutes. This is a special place filled with special people. I've never been so welcomed or wanted. We sang, danced, and shared stories. What an absolutely amazing place. My new favorite. Fantastic. Well, see. Nobody's talking about the food. Um, well, here's one. Wonderful food, large, large portions, great pricing, atmosphere is warm, clean and inviting, staff is quick, courteous, which is murdered for spelling, uh, gracious, knowledgeable, and wonderfully natured, an amazing, satisfying way to fill up a hungry stomach, enjoy atmosphere, and stick around for a while to relax. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So that's our bar of the week. Real quick to wrap this up. What are we rooting for in the upcoming week? Sean, go first. Jordan, love to start. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's not going to happen, guys. Like, I'm I, riding that it's train. Gonna, it's going to happen. So, Or pull Aaron Rodgers in the first quarter. All right. That's that's what you're rooting for? Yep. yep. All right. Well, you guys are very positive people. <laughs> I'm going to root for spending some time with Shauna's wonderful family this weekend on Saturday afternoon. Oh, oh yeah. And oh, our, no, he's, no, he's trying to be And nice. our yeah. friends were having uh, Sean and Carolyn and my brother and his fiance Hannah, over. Uh, for dinner Friday night, watch Christmas movies, stuff like that. It's officially Christmas season for those that are late to the party, unlike Sean and me. Very excited for friends and family this weekend. Oh, don't try to be wholesome. Yeah. Uh. If you've been an Aaron Rodgers start this weekend, prove all you motherfuckers wrong. <laughs> all right, that's episode 98 of the Root for Wisconsin show. <laughs> I'm Eric. That's Sean. That's Shauna. For Justin and Ramsey who aren't here, we're out. Episode 98's in the book. See you. Peace. Bye.